Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Mr. Ethan Carter. What is up, Vincent? Welcome back, my friend. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I was so bummed that I uh, missed last week, but you guys, you guys crushed it, as always. So, yeah, it was, you know, it's, it was it's a little bit of like, don't, you know, don't take too much vacation at work because then they realize they don't actually need you, you know? <laughs> God. <laughs> well, there's a scary thought. All right. It's funny you say that because just today I found out that I'm moving back to the main office of my company, mm-hmm. which sounds like a good thing, mm. except my shop is going to be at the office I'm currently in. Which means I will no longer, once I move my shop, it'll be in a different building from the building I actually work in. Ah, oh, that's Son weird. Son yeah. of a bitch. Yeah. But what are you going to do? But mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's um, we're back. Good old yeah. Monday. It's uh, we're T minus uh, as we record this, Ethan. We're T minus seven days. To what? To, to I don't know. I don't know. Is something happening next Monday? Uh, oh, I, no, I know that something that's not happening next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, our guest is hosting the podcast by himself. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we, we don't need to get we don't need to get too much into the weeds on that. But it's, it's good. To, it's good to have you back. And of course, yeah. thank you to Jake for yes. stepping in. That was really great. awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I love I love the episode. That was great. I mean, and um, yeah. thank thank you to Eric for get <laughs> Eric had some um, minor audio issues getting when we were first getting started. And then he ended up using the built in microphone on his laptop, which sounded mostly OK. But the greatest comment I have ever read <laughs> was um jeremy spetchy on um on instagram on the mm-hmm. post from the episode wrote wow pilots really do sound like that i thought they only sounded like that in planes <laughs> <laughs> i could That's not stop funny. laughing i've been laughing about that comment since he made it. it is absolutely one of the best comments we've ever gotten but that's yeah, hilarious that was a that was a really fun episode to do and uh the feedback's been really good i was really concerned that people would see it as an ad and i didn't want people to see it that way but i Eric has such a great story and how he yeah. started the business and built developing a product and developing more products and you know the pitfalls and the stuff he learned getting started and getting rolling it was I felt like it was really valuable for people and I know that it totally. may not be valuable for everybody that's not trying to do a business but I feel like if you are trying to start a business just listening to what he went through can kind of be a bit motivating cuz yeah there are times when you feel like you're right at the bottom when it's not going to ever like move the needle. Right. And all of a sudden you're not only moving the needle, you're really, really moving the needle. And, uh, it's awesome, man. He's, and he's been such a great, like, I I mean, part of his, I know is getting the word out there. Right. But Mm -hmm. part of it too, is just, he understands the community and supportive and, yeah, really so he, great, great, and, great products, the, great guy, great company. I just and I, st- I, I've said it before. I just love the fact that it's all lo- like local, you know, mm-hmm. New Hampshire. I love it. So, yep, he's um, yeah, he's a Northeast boy through and yep. through, which is which is really nice. It's uh, awesome, nice to support the locals. So, in order to support the local Northeast economy, we decided to have someone who's all the way out in California <laughs> on the podcast tonight. That's right. Um, the last time this guy was on the podcast was episode eighteen. Ethan which was like, was, which is, yeah, I was we, just a baby. Ethan was a baby at that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had, so for those of you that don't know, what brought this podcast on was a, just a conversation that started on Twitter and eventually turned into, we should do this on a podcast. Yep. And it was me, it was Dave Swiduck, and it was our guest tonight, 
And our guest tonight is partially responsible. I know Dave gets a lot of credit, but our guest tonight is partially responsible for this podcast because doing the podcast with him and Dave Swiduck is what made me want to do podcasts again. It means, of course, you know who the guest is because it's in the title, but our guest this week is the one and only <laughs> Aunt Pruitt. What's going on, man? <laughs> hey, what's up, brother? How you be? I am over the moon. I'm, I'm not going to say unbelievable as always because I feel like that's probably trademarked. Like, <laughs> two things in the world you can't say you can't say create and dominate and you can't say um oh you can't say unbelievable as always hey, otherwise Anne's gonna come beat your ass as <laughs> <So>. always yes <laughs> yes <laughs> how so when we when we recorded last mm -hmm. you had just moved out to california yep um i let's see episode 18 was it was pop back real quick it was, it like, was probably like november it was very close. It was October 9th of 2019. Okay. That's the okay. last time. Yeah, that makes sense. We, yep. Yeah. So we recorded October 7th of 2019 was the last time we spoke to you. And we had just come yep. back from, from our little sabbatical. Yep. We took a little sabbatical <laughs> so I'd get clear the chemo fog. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and I mean, I feel like, you know, a couple of things might have happened in the intervening <laughs> years. <laughs> but why don't you catch us up on what's happened since the last time we spoke? Oh, man. So you the last time we spoke, it was right after the move, as you mentioned, and it was perfect timing. And I say perfect in air quotes because the wildfire started right when I got here. Oh, <laughs> just because you brought them with you, be honest. No, like, really? People talking <laughs> about getting fire. go bags and all of this stuff. And I'm like, what the hell is a go bag? I don't know what a go bag is. And <laughs> it, it was it was quite a whirlwind of, of just chaos. And then... You know, a couple of months after that, uh, 2020 starts, and that was the year of the pandemic. <laughs> the before times ended. <laughs> so I'm like, man, this is what the heck is happening with my life? You know, so it's it, it's been um it's been interesting, but you know, it it's been a nice way to learn and grow. Uh, the pandemic has been pretty craptastic for everybody around the world, but it, I think it also helped a lot of us grow. And figure out, you know, what really matters, whether it's something um, emotionally or socially or or business wise. And then it just sort of helped you pivot and figure out, OK, this is how I can move forward and still be, you know, have a sustainable life, if you will, um, as far as creating business and, and content. And I, it's been tough, but it's been fun at the same time, too. Yeah, it's I think I think that's a really good way right. to put it because yep. a lot of people a lot of people thought that everything was fine everything was just going to be the same forever and mm. suddenly out of nowhere you know what little bit of a safety net people had was gone what little bit of security people had that they were really holding on to and thinking they had everything they realized they didn't have a whole lot right and yeah and it, i've seen i it's weird because Amongst my circle of people, I know a lot of people who went both ways, right? I know people who the pandemic just completely has just demolished their life. Yeah. And then on the other hand, I know people like I've said it. I said it when I was on Maker's Waffle that for me, the pandemic was a turning point in what I felt like I needed to do to keep going. It wasn't just a matter of you have a job, everything's fine. It's a matter of, okay, but what other security am I creating for myself? And what am I doing from, you know, mm -hmm. my family? What am I doing 
for anything. And, and, you know, if everything fell out tomorrow, would I survive? Would I hit the ground running or would I be doomed? You know, right. I think it just also, I mean, for me, it also made me realize the relationships in my life and, Mm -hmm. you know, that like, (laughs) right. I mean, it's just, it it puts everything in perspective. Um, And and that, that's the upside of it. Right. You know, I think that's what I think. And I, I, I feel like we've gotten so scared to say there were upsides to the pandemic. Look, it's a terrible thing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say it was great and wonderful and amazing and everybody should no, have I still, to go I mean, I still wish it never right. happened. Right. right. I mean, like there's no, but, nothing about it. That and that's I wanted, the thing, but. but there are, there are positives that have come out of it. There have been a lot of businesses that have sprung up in the last mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who are way more knowledgeable, have a much bigger skill set than they did when the whole thing started. You know, it's right. It didn't. It wasn't a complete loss for most people. I mean, look again. No, I mean, right? There's there's people that have had a lot it. of loss. I keep right? saying you yeah. shouldn't have to qualify it, and I really mean you shouldn't have to. But that's not to that's not to make light of the bad that happened. Right. But it's also not to say that it wasn't only bad things that happened. Right. Right. You know, it, with with me, I came out here uh, because my job was to be a content creator, full time content creator for the Twit Network, Twit.tv podcast network and you guys being podcast hosts know that the podcast world took a ridiculous hit in 2020 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it the easiest thing to look at was the fact that people wasn't driving to work anymore yep <laughs> and so they're not driving to work they're not listening to podcasts so we went as a company and i can say this because it's public knowledge uh we went as a company from having all of our revenues and downloads and so forth coming through like we normally would to where those revenues was cut to more than half from the ads. Wow. Jesus. And that's a, a yeah. that suck. You know, that's, that's hard to absorb no matter how big and successful you are. Right. That, that's paying salaries. That's paying mm-hmm. the overhead. That's it's that we took a hit and yeah. we had to figure out how to, how to fight through it. And, you know, of course, then everybody had to go to working from home and the challenges with that. Um, but we were able to bounce back. It, it wasn't easy. <laughs> it was by far the longest year and looking at the numbers and stuff like that, at least speaking about my show, it was, there was a lot of times it was pretty depressing when I'd look at my numbers. Oh, sure. And there's, then there's, I, I mean, I'm looking it. at our numbers now while you're saying that, right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's a visible crater. When mm-hmm. the pandemic, when the lockdown started, like in New York, it was around mid mid March and our numbers, yep, mid March. Those episodes are pretty much in a black hole. No one's ever heard them. In fact, if you want to go back, start there. I got to tell you, that's what I've been telling people. Go back and listen to the previous shows. I mean, you probably haven't heard it. Literally, I went from having um, three, like a three hour, you know, total three hour commute three days a week to no commute. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I listened to podcasts for those three hours every day I commuted. So that's a lot of time. That's mm-hmm. a lot of podcasts that yep. just went away. And like, you know, and you know, I, I probably still listened to some, and I, I got better about listening to podcasts in my shop and stuff like that, which I didn't usually do. I usually just listen to music, but, but you know what? I mean, it went from like listening to five podcasts regularly to maybe one or two, the top one or two. And yeah, so I mean, that's a perfect example of, of just the fall off. I mean, you, you think about that, right? So yeah. five, from five to, to two, that's that's yeah. a huge percentage drop off. Of Big drop. Just for me, my just by myself, right? Big so. drop. 
And again, it, we, we battled through it. You know, we had to figure out what can we do to continue to create our shows all while trying to stay within a budget so we can still survive, you know, so you go to working from home and all of that because things were getting locked down like they were everywhere else. And some people, they get home and they realize, oh my gosh, I don't have the setup to, to do a show that's going to be of the same level of quality that we're used to having in the studio. So then you're like, dang, do I need to spend more money? But no, maybe I shouldn't spend any more money because we don't know what the future holds with podcasting and blah, blah, blah. It it was, it was a bit of a challenge. Um, But fortunately, you know, leadership was like, Hey, let's just dig into this work from home thing. Whatever you guys need, knock it out. Let's just get it done. And it, and it paid off. Uh, you know, you could tell there was a difference initially because people was in their bedrooms or <laughs> things <laughs> like that, you know, but, but over time you could see that it gradually started to change into more of a studio environment for people. It was a lot easier for me because I've been, you know, creating content for by myself for years now. So my set is pretty standard, but everybody I, else, I know they had some challenges. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I mean, we, we, I think we joked about it when David Picciuto was on is that mm-hmm. it is amazing. Like the, the, you know, self con, you know, self-made content creators, like all of us, right. Mm-hmm. We're actually way more equipped than like the Jimmy Fallon's of the world. Oh, and, you know, oh God, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. But like, it, it was like, but it was amazing. It was, I mean, it leveled the play, playing field in a weird way. Yeah. In some, you know, to some respect, right? Like, it did. I think, yeah. I think that's what gave us, you know, us small content creators, I think that's what gave us some legitimacy mm-hmm. at that moment because right. people realized, like, they never thought about the quality of their average podcast. They thought about it as, like, of course, that's how a podcast is supposed to sound. But then you watch, like, you know, people doing TV shows over Skype, and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, right. What are you doing? Like, like they have bad lighting, and, and yeah, dude, you know, Skype lighting. is Twit's bread and butter. Well, it used to be our bread and butter. And, right. and so every time I turned on the television or YouTube and saw this stuff happening, I'm like, oh, my, what are they doing wrong? Yeah. Just, like, just, uh, what are they yeah. trying to do here? Wait a minute. You have a gazillion dollar budget. What is happening here? Right. <laughs> why, why is your number one sponsor potatoes? I mean, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you don't chew with them. You eat them. Like, this is ridiculous. I have I I was I would always laugh because. You know, we always talk about how audio, even in video, audio mm-hmm. is the most important thing. Like people tolerate Agreed. mediocre right. video. They will not yeah. tolerate mediocre audio in a video. And I would, you'd watch these videos and it's like, here with a, you know, this is a pre-recorded interview we did with. And it's like, you pre-recorded that and it still sounds that bad. <laughs> like, what the hell is wrong with you people? You don't know what you're doing. Get you have no idea. Like if the buttons and switches get a little more difficult to flip, these people are lost yeah yeah <laughs> but it, it, it just goes to show you how how what's the term i mean multi multi how many hats that we wear as oh, small yeah. content creators right oh yeah because these people are just talent and there's nothing wrong with that that's who they are but it just yeah. it shows how much um skill how many skills we've acquired over the t- over time mm-hmm. to be able to put out something just by ourselves or you know what i mean so well, Aunt, you guys are lucky because i mean at least with your staff and your hosts you're you're all technically inclined people so right. it's not a bunch of people going i plugged the microphone in it doesn't work yeah you know and, and that's where that's the thing we were 
were all technically sound. And then we looked at what was happening in the world. We sort of decided, hey, let's try to help mm-hmm. folks out. And that's going to be good content for us. So we did some stuff that said, hey, if you're going to do your, your working from home um, meeting or whatever here, start by grabbing a couple books and put your laptop on top of that. Yes. <laughs> right. Get the right, le- the right, the right. Yeah, we, right. Don't wanna, yeah. we don't want to see your second chin. Like we really don't. It's, it's, it's not that look, nobody's shaming. I'm a fat dude. I mean, not as fat as I used to be, but I, say, I understand. Dude, you, like you lost a, ba- a couple pounds, bro. <laughs> yeah, one or two. <laughs> I went on the best diet in the world. Cancer. Anyway, <laughs> like, it's really funny. Like everybody was like sitting up on top of their laptop and the screen pointed up at them and they, you know, like, Oh look, your nose hairs are both gray. And black, like, why are you doing this? Stop. That's yeah. the thing, though. We, we took that opportunity, and I believe not just us, but most um, content creators took the opportunity to say, you know what, let's pivot into uh, to a different type of content that's going to keep us rolling mm-hmm. along, but also potentially bring in other listeners right. or other viewers <laughs> and or whatever. It, and it worked. Smart, yeah. yeah. It worked because I was seeing your stuff getting shared, and, uh, you know, a lot more than typical, you know. <clears throat> I was seeing your name popping up, and I'm like, "That's Ant." <laughs> like, oh, here, watch this. Check this video out. This guy shows you what you need to do, and it's, I'm seeing my friend's face, and I'm like, "Oh man, I, I, I don't know if I'm doing this right anymore." Like, <laughs> everybody, everybody's just running. They hit the ground running. It. We did. We did something. We made a conscious effort to not talk about the pandemic, which. Mm-hmm. I think to this day was a I smart decision. <laughs> I and I it's really interesting. It. Because you you guys went, we went completely opposite directions. And yet for both of us, it worked, right? Yeah. Because yeah. we've had people that have gone back and listened to all of our back catalog. And they're like, oh, I love it because I can just listen to this guest. And it's like I'm listening to them a day ago rather than, you know, a mm-hmm. couple of years ago. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It, it does make a difference to have evergreen content. I mean, mm-hmm. you notice it. Uh, um. But at the same time, I look at my particular niche as content creation, photography, video, what have mm-hmm. you. And I've preached for years. Yeah, it's nice having some great gear, but you don't necessarily have to have the best of the best when it comes no. to gear. So, Right. It's how you use it, right? Yeah. So it was, mm-hmm. okay, I know y'all can't go out and buy this and that right now because you just lost your job or whatever, but you probably have this old phone sitting over here. Let me... Give mm-hmm. you just just give me ten minutes of your time to tell you how to make the most out of that phone. Right. That's I, that's really. I mean, I, I think that's a really great angle. <laughs> like, I lo- no, I, I truly love that because I think that's Appreciate that's. I, I I think that's a really. We're we're always looking for you know the the best equipment, right, or mm-hmm. the next best thing. And sometimes you know what it's about you making the most. I mean, you can have, and I'm I'm a perfect example of this. I have some really good equipment and I suck at using it. Right? Like so the equipment itself isn't gonna make things better, right? Dude, like I watch your videos, you you dragging your stuff out to the driveway and, and, and oh yeah, wood right. chips flying everywhere yeah. and all yeah. that. And and it's still great. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're making the most out of it. I've, I've always had respect for you and how uh, you've gone about your creations. Yeah. But, it's, but yeah, but it's 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 how you use what you have, not well that what was you have, say, right? That, that, Along those lines, I think the most interesting thing is, you know, 
I mean, Ant, if you and I in 2006, when I started doing this, right, if you mm-hmm. and I, if you and I had talked about what equipment, if the, if a pandemic happened and the world was shut down, what would everyone be using? And it would be like your Logitech webcam and yeah. Skype, right? <laughs> yeah. Yet what ended up happening was everyone's using Zoom mm-hmm. on their phone. Like that's what ended up happening. It's computers yeah. because you couldn't get webcams. So right. the only way you had a camera for most of the early days of the pandemic was, oh, I, I'll have to take that call on my iPad. I actually had, because Beth was teaching remotely. And oh, I had man, a- Bless her heart. Oh, like yeah. a, oh, God, forget it. I had like a six-week wait to get a what, replace. I had to give her my webcam, and I had to wait six weeks to get another one. So I'm like, well, how am I supposed to work? Well, mm-hmm. you know what? Every Zoom call got taken on my iPad. But man, people started coming up with creative solutions that were just not the solutions- <laughs> that were in place years ago. And it was so amazing yeah. to see right. all these things that you thought were going to be the future just fail. Like yeah. Skype was literally unusable. Just yeah. forget it. Don't even bother. I Zoom, forgot about Skype. <laughs> Zoom was the only thing that worked. Even <laughs> Look, I'm a big fan of Microsoft Teams now, and they have come a very long way a since the pandemic way. started. Yeah. But holy crap, was Microsoft Teams just broken <laughs> for most of the pandemic. It was unusable. And I was trying to use Skype more on my on my show um, because I, I, I pivoted from doing more tutorial stuff to trying to get more guests in. Mm-hmm. And pulling it through Skype and doing my recordings here locally so we didn't have to record back at the studio Skype had all of the, it said all of the right things as far as the specs, you know, <laughs> hey, you can do this, you can do that, but none of that, none of that stuff worked. Not one thing. <laughs> it didn't work for, but the crazy part is it didn't work for anyone. And yet, because like the old guard media was so invested in this, like, hey, we have these, didn't they, I could, I could swear I remember, and maybe I'm just remembering, didn't Skype have like corporate boxes that they would send to like TV networks? Yes. They did. they did, right? So mm-hmm. you would get this box that was like a Skype processor that connected mm. to special servers, and you would do your Skype interviews with it. And then you watched all these networks that had these, like they had to use Skype. They had to get yeah. that little logo in the corner. They had to use Skype. They had- yep. And it's like, wow, your quality sucks. Like you should, you, you could use anything else and get better quality. You can use StreamYard and get better quality. Yeah, but they point. were, they were, vet, they were invested. So they, yeah. they, they couldn't put it away. I it's didn't know crap. that. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. Yeah, it's, I'm, I, I was fascinated. You know, I watch everything from, I don't watch it as someone who's involved in most things. Like it's like the entertainment industry. I don't really care about entertainment itself like the movies and tv shows Mm -hmm. i love watching the business of the entertainment industry to Mm -hmm. me that's what's fascinating and it was the same thing with watching all these all the tech companies that you know all the stalwarts of decades it's like yep that's collapsing that's not gonna make it that's (laughs) not gonna make it that's not gonna make it and the one thing that comes around is zoom Zoom. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for right. the pandemic, no one would care about Zoom. Even though people were using it long before, no True. one cared about it. True. It's crazy. It, it, like again, like I said, I think it, there's a l- little bit of a level setting that the pandemic brought to mm-hmm. even big companies. Like I mean, Zoom's a, still a big company, right? But it's it's a level setting that yeah. That again, I think that's one of the 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 positives of it of well, the pandemic they is went that, from a product yeah. to a player right yeah yeah, yeah. and i think yeah. that's what happened with a lot of internet media too that they went from a product to a player where you know someone may go all right this is a cool 
you know, YouTube channel to, oh, I can't wait to whatever they're putting out on Tuesday because that's what I'm watching on TV right now. You know, shows mm-hmm. like Tiger King wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the pen. No one would watch that show. <laughs> nobody, nobody. You know, I, I was agree. thinking the other day as I was playing Animal Crossing, which is still a, an amazing game. Um, but I was thinking, <laughs> was, that, like, was that your thing of the week one time? It was, yeah. yeah. I was obsessed with the game, and I've kind of gone back to it as a way to calm myself down lately. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you that game is what it is because it came out during the pandemic right. because people had no other way to meet with their friends. They had nothing else they could do. And that game just was like, I can escape the world for a few minutes. Right. Right. And you know, it was, you know, your life sucks, but at least for, you know, as much time as you wanted to put into it, I was hanging out with four or five friends every night on animal right. crossing and I'd right. play for hours. Well, I think that that's the other thing that happened too, is you figure we we've learned ways to connect with, people mm-hmm. in different ways right mm-hmm. and i think that's another benefit not that again i i think i think there's probably it's more beneficial to meet people hang out with people in person right i, I think that's yeah, but, online. yeah yeah but the, but there's there's is a benefit to understand like learning how to connect with people virtually sure and um, you know, in, in things like, I mean, the makers on Zoom having coffee, which I mm-hmm. haven't been on forever, Vincent, but, um, <laughs> but like that's that, still going that, on. I remember when that, when that kicked off, that's still yep, going on, still going on, still going, but that's, that's awesome. but that, like, what a great, like a whole community was built mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. I don't think, I don't know if that would have happened without it. Probably mm-hmm. not. Probably, Probably not. not. Probably and not. you know how many, how many people, we've met and have been fans of the show and all that through that. Like, that's right. amazing. Like that. So there's, <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people also, and you know, Ant, back to, you know, cause the Ant, Ant's show on, on, um, on Twit Network, one of his shows is hands-on photography. And Ant is, Ant's been a photographer as long as I've known him. Like photography. I mean, that's kind of how we bond the most yep. is mm-hmm. photo- the two subjects we bond the most on are photography and podcasting. It just so happens to work out that way. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I saw a lot of people going, you know, I've had this SLR for a mm-hmm. long time. Let mm-hmm. me learn how to actually use it. Right. Yep. Let me take the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. Your, your show is like sitting there going, well, you know what? <laughs> Plot twist. I yep. can teach you everything, you know? <laughs> That's and, the thing. Yeah, I wanted and, to do that show to, to make it as simple as possible for your cousin to grab the camera and be able to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, oh, I don't, you don't know my cousin, but is. you know, <laughs> I'm dead serious. I, I when, when, yeah. when we were developing the show, you know, they, they gave me autonomy on how I wanted to do the show. I just needed to present and say, Hey, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And the first thing I said is I don't want to do a show for pros. I, I, right. I don't because there's plenty of those. Cause most pro photographers, at least in my experience, jackasses and, <laughs> Accurate. And, and i don't want to fool with that i said i wanted i want to get the person that is brand new mm-hmm. or someone that's been doing it for a little while and they're just trying to sharpen their skills mm-hmm. and I love it so when i started the show the very first episode is about as basic as it gets i literally open up a camera body and say this is the sensor this is the mirror this is not the mirror this is this ch-. you know mm-hmm. uh, i i really wanted to break it down. And I knew that was a bit of a <laughs> taking a risk because some of that stuff can be quite boring. But my belief is if you don't understand the fundamentals of anything, you're not going to be able to, to 
improve upon it later on down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I made it basic and just started from the, from the very, very bottom and just built on it week after week. And it took about a year's worth of content to get out of the, you know, fundamental building of it, you know. That's amazing, though. I mean, that's exactly what it I think that's the other thing, too, is it, it's not something you can learn in one YouTube video, right? No. I mean, <laughs> right? Like, but and I think there's a, a misconception. Would to differ, but I'm like, nah, dude. When, when no. the improvement yeah, starts totally. to be really tan, the nice thing about it is when you really do apply yourself to learning like anything, anything. And, and I'm, you know, photography is a really good example because there's so many moving parts and so much technicality to it. But what's amazing is that when, when you start realizing what you, it's a lot of realizing what you're doing wrong and then doing it right. Mm-hmm. And you start seeing the improvements in what you're producing. Your work starts getting better and better yeah. and better. And it's like, it, it, well, and that's ooh, what keeps you going. Cause right. that's the, right. Cause otherwise you, yeah, right, cause if you, you don't just give see, up, right? Nobody, nobody continues something they're not getting better at. Right. Like, right. No, nobody does couch <laughs> to 5k and stays in week one for a year. Like it's so just, it's, you don't do that. Like right. there's no point. Just stop. You're not, but if you're if you're taking photos and you suddenly understand aperture's relation to ISO in relation to shutter speed, you start getting all of this down. And it's like, oh yeah, you can, you know, you look up at the sky and you know where your aperture needs to be and where your shutter speed needs to be and what ISO you should be shooting at. Mm-hmm. And you also know what you can what kind of things you can push when you're in a darker room to get a better photo that you might have to tweak a little bit later, but at least you're going to get the whole shot, not just someone's mm-hmm. eyes hovering like an old ghost movie, you know? <laughs> you don't just use your <laughs> iPhone? <laughs> I, you know, but even I used with to that. take so, I used to no, take so yeah. many photos on – I know, Aunt, you're a big proponent of mobile photography. Mm-hmm. I used to take so many photos on my iPhone, and I've noticed – like my on this day from OneDrive, which basically kicks me back all my photos over, you know, and divides them up by year, kind of yeah. like time hop, but it's mm-hmm. done by OneDrive. And I get this thing. And I, what I've noticed is that in recent years, there are fewer photos taken with my phone. Like if you go back to like 2014 ish, mm-hmm. you know, every day there's like 20 photos <laughs> and you go to like 2019 and some days I don't even have a photo from a year, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm thinking that, it's just like I feel like I've outgrown my phone's camera. Even though they're getting better, it doesn't feel natural to use a phone's camera to me anymore. I, I, well, I think uh, there, I mean I think there's a t- just like anything. There's a time and a place for them. Like I, I use a lot for yeah. secondary video and stuff yeah. like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and they are getting better. But yes, I I mean I agree. I, I when I do finish shots or anything like that, yeah, I used to I think grab it more than. The shots, don't feel, the shots don't feel right it, yeah. out of a phone to me anymore. And I don't know, maybe I'm just getting jaded in my old age or maybe I'm just spoiled because I shoot with a couple of nice lenses. I just, <laughs> at the end of February, I have a really nice lens coming. But uh, see, that's the thing, Vinny. You you actually have the the gear at your disposal. So true. It, it's true. It, it right, right, right. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah. For you to say, okay, I'm not shooting as much with my phone. Well, yeah. Because I got this nice piece of glass over here. So, yeah. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> it's know, funny, would, but, but there's a lot of people day. that don't, right? Right. There's, there's a lot of people, people that just don't have, have their phone. All, that. all they have yeah. is their phone. I mm-hmm. will go on a walk each day and I take my camera with me, mm-hmm. but I also have my phone in my pocket. And some days the phone comes out more than the camera comes up off of my neck. 
It just mm-hmm. just depends. It, it is true I, that the camera you have is the best camera. I mean, and mm-hmm. we do always have our phones with us, and it is nice to have a quality. Look, I'm not saying the quality isn't good. I'm just saying there's a certain intangibleness yep. to a camera. Yeah. That I understand why it, people it, I understand the love of phone cameras. I love mine. You know, I love the fact that, hey, this is a moment. I can capture it right now, uh-huh. and I don't have to, like, go, oh, I missed it. I can capture it, and it's a pretty good capture. And with five to ten minutes in Lightroom, it's an excellent capture. Mm-hmm. And I, no one you, would know it came from a phone. Exactly. But, you know, I think, I, I mean, I was. Just, I think part of it is, well, part of it is, the, the most important thing is to take the picture, right? right. Regardless of what it <laughs> yeah, is, right. what you're taking it on. Yeah. That's the most important thing. And if, if that, if, if you're going to take the picture because you have your phone on you, then that's, then use your phone. Right. Good point. Um, but uh, I lost my train of thought, but I, I gotta yeah. tell you, you, you saying that it, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, but I found myself over the last couple of years oh, yeah. in a weird position because I shoot so much. Um, there are times when I'm like, put the camera down, just enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. Yeah. 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 Well, and it, it, there are times with like, with my, my son in his senior year here yeah. in uh, high school, you know, this, I'm looking at it, I'm watching him on the football field or what have you. And I'm thinking, all right, this is his senior year. And yes, I want to capture memories and store those on the hard drives and on the cloud off site. Yada, yada. So I have store them those memories though in your brain, right? But I also <laughs> want, want it in my brain. I want to be able yeah. to see it with my own eyes instead no, of looking totally. through the viewfinder. And yeah. I, I used, I was going, I was doing the same thing. I would go to particularly New York city FC soccer. I would go to, I would go to, you know, six, seven, eight, nine matches a year. Like I would go to a lot of matches mm-hmm. and every match I'd take my camera with me. And I'd sit there with the camera glued to my face mm-hmm. and I'd have it ready in case a moment happened. And then moments would happen. I'd get the shot and it'd be like, all right, right you well, missed the moment. Yeah. Like, right. oh, great. You you went to the stadium to watch mm-hmm. the shot through the viewfinder of mm-hmm. your camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're watching TV, basically, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a weird balancing act yeah. that you have to play there. Because um, as a photographer, it, it, you are encouraged to get the shot mm-hmm. and, and you're encouraged to practice getting the shot as well. Right. You know, but at the same time, there's those fleeting moments that you you may never see again. You know, my son, right. a brag moment here, he now has the <laughs> record for the longest kick return in the school's history here. Mm-hmm. I happened to have my camera up at that time and I was able to record it as a video instead of snapshots. So I could see it, you know, forever and ever. Amen. But also at the same time, I sort of hate that I didn't watch it real time. watch it with my own eyes yeah, kind of get thing. to see it through the viewfinder right you know well so the, yeah i mean all that like i totally yeah that makes a ton of sense but my, he still talks talks mad trash about it i'm sorry i'm trying to keep you having your g <laughs> rating you. it's on much here. appreciated I've <laughs> i still can't believe i still can't believe it's a high school seat my god i know i can't i saw that picture you posted the other day and i'm like how old yeah. am I? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's, he's now crushing it in though. college now. Oh, my gosh. And, Where's he going? He's at Pacific uh, University in Forest Grove, Oregon. Wow. It's a small D3 school, and um, he's doing track up there. Nice. Uh, indoor season started this weekend. What does he um, do? For, what, is he, what is he competing? Well, he didn't get to compete this weekend because of COVID protocols, unfortunately. Mm. 
he was fine, but he tested positive, but he's fine. Um, but he's intending on doing long jump and 200 meters. Couldn't get him to do hurdles, huh? Well, he's the (laughs) one. I remember him. I remember you training him on the hurdles. Oh, no, no. That's my other boy. That's my other boy. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's my other boy. Now, the one that's in college, he's considered the runt of the crew, even though he's not that that small. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's only, you know, 225 of rock hard muscle. Yeah, yeah. The runt. runt. I don't know know what you call me. (laughs) You know, but his younger brother, yeah, I did try to train him on hurdles. Mm -hmm. Um, But since we've gotten here, yeah, he's been the sprint guy in the long jump. Oh wow, guy. nice! Uh, he won the he won the sectional last year as a freshman in the hundred meters, in the two hundred meters, and in the long jump. So he'll never see a hurdle. <laughs> Not with those times. <laughs> Unless That's unless awesome. he's gonna clear all of them in one leap, he right, ain't in one leap. Yeah, and then he no got up it. and down on your legs. <laughs> <laughs> got to save those Achilles tendons, man. <laughs> the hammies and the Achilles. That's what we got to save. That's it. <laughs> you got get into get into college, then you can try hurdles. <laughs> hey, all I told him is, look, dude, you're my future retirement plan. Don't yeah, you miss exactly. this? Up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> when you when when you get that gold medal and you're standing on the podium and they're playing the national anthem, just remember this moment. Remember, I said that what we were giving up for you. Okay, just remember that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and remember to put your phone, your camera down when he's on the podium. Right? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And I think at that moment, like, don't bring the don't bring the camera. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's one, a, one of the things I, but I, I remember my train of thought that I lost before the other thing I think about cameras versus phones mm-hmm. sorry I bring it back but there is a difference to at least for me when I pick up like my mindset and my like kind of inspiration and stuff like that yeah. holding a camera is different than a phone right I'm much more inspired when I'm holding a camera and I'm looking for different things when I'm holding a camera versus yeah, but that's societal norms that you've been programmed in. Yeah, programmed I, I, that's into. probably true. That's you know, yeah, that's all it is. Uh, people, people don't take a phone as seriously when when um, you're out and about taking photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of I, I thought I, I think of it as my, a good thing though. Like I, I I like the fact that when I'm holding a camera, I'm more inspired. If that makes sense, right? And 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 I get that, but at the same time, the societal norm is is we hold up that smartphone just for one offs. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. When they're clearly just as capable. <laughs> right. You know? you know, I remember, yeah, I remember thinking people were being real jerks. It's funny cause we we're talking about this, right? But I'm remembering thinking about societal norms, right? Remember when the iPad first came out Yeah, and, and people, people would go out and it? use the camera on their iPads. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, don't use a camera on your iPads. What are you stupid? I'm like, well, what difference does it make? I mean, <laughs> It's they a camera. What they have. <laughs> they, they, they put it on there for a reason. It's yeah. there for a reason. Yeah. You know, and now you see like real estate guys walking through with the newer iPad Pros because they got AR and LiDAR and yep. they're like mapping out a whole house with just an iPad. And it's like, yeah, see, they yep. were those people at concerts holding up an iPad, they were ahead of their time. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna throw I, them out today, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, not the not the greatest idea anymore. But <laughs> it, it st- look, it looks. I get that it looks silly, but I don't know. I just don't think it makes sense to 
bug people about what they're shooting with. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's it what, like I said before, it's whatever, yeah. whatever gets you to well, take the picture is the most the, important, right? The, another right. example of societal norms. My first SLR was silver. Oh, dude. That, that's unheard of. Like yeah. you don't buy a silver camera. What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. I was told, I was told, even though I was shooting stuff, even though I had stuff published, I was told that no one would ever take me seriously as a photographer if I had a silver camera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Ever since then, by the way, I've had nothing but black cameras, but yeah. I had a silver camera and it was like, and then you look at like Fuji and Olympus and all their cameras are They're silver. all silver. They're all silver. <laughs> like but you know, another societal norm that some people are fighting today is not even it being Canon or Sony or Nikon or anything like that. If, it, if your camera body isn't quote big, they assume <laughs> it's not a real camera. <laughs> so what you get is a lot of folks taking you know, the typical old school Canon Rebel DSLR and sticking mm-hmm. a battery grip on the bottom of it. Yes. That's <laughs> yes. so stupid. It looks yeah. like a D1. Right. And it just, one and it D, just looks better than what uh-huh. it really is. <laughs> I remember I, I remember the big controversy. <laughs> you're, you're definitely going to remember this because you're, you're, you're a Canon guy also. Mm-hmm. Remember when they came out with the SL1? Yeah. And it was for smaller hands. Yeah. And everybody's like... <laughs> No guy is ever going to yeah. buy this camera. I'm yeah. like, why not? It's a great camera. I'm like, yeah. No guy, I'm just too small. It gets lost in your hands. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. all right. But yet that thing is still sharp. Of course. <laughs> it was of course still sharp. Made, there's a reason they made an SL2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody bought it. In fact, our good friend Al at New York Woodworks is one of the people that bought an SL2. And it takes, I'll tell you what, I turned the first time we turned we turned it on and I took a look at it. I was like, Wow, they really. I mean, I have a T6i. I'm probably never going to replace this camera. Yeah. Um, I actually have a second T6i coming along with that lens I mentioned earlier because I want to use two Such to shoot my stuff in my camera. Shop. I mean, What's granted, that? they're not making those anymore, but nope. but but it's still you're going to get a solid image out of those. I love it, the Rebel line. I I honestly feel like if they hadn't called it the rebel, and I think it's the one dumb thing they did in the United States, yeah. had they not called it the rebel in the United States, it would have been a much bigger camera. But then yeah. I realized yeah. what, that they also had a line called the kiss. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they're not the best at naming their products. <laughs> but it's, it could it's, be it's, worse. It could be like Sony and everything is named a FNSE line oh. to dash so-and-so <laughs> or it's just a variation of the same camera it's the rx 100 four five six seven when are they coming out with the eight? Oh, i don't know which or or well canon's gotten even worse now because it's got the m the mm-hmm. m50 the m200 then the r then the rp mm-hmm. and it's like oh, just stop i hope just they stop. slow it down now with with their name and convention it's starting to look somewhat uh uh, reasonable now with R6, R5, R3. Yeah, and, and I R1. think I think it's all just in preparation to get a wide enough range out mirrorless because as they announced a couple of weeks ago, essentially, there are no more mirrored mm-hmm. cameras, which that's sad because nothing beats the sound of a slapping mirror on a camera. It's just <laughs> the most wonderful sound on earth. I don't care. You, hey, this, but we're, we're the old dinosaurs, man. That, we are. You know, that's. That, I feel you on that. Just the, the, the hearing that mirror clicking up and down, it is yep. something to that. But I, I got to tell you. the experience. 
But I got to tell you, you pick up one of those, whether it's the R5 or the Sony A1 and hold that shutter and it gives you 30 frames in a second. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy crap. It dude. sounds like mm-hmm. a lawnmower. It's going so fast. <laughs> I'm like, how does this happen? You right. know? I got to hold an RP. <laughs> I got to hold an RP when I was in Vegas in 2020. Mm-hmm. And oh, my God. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I was instantly in love. I'm like, I can see why people fall for yeah, this. Yeah, it, it, it's not going anywhere now. It, no. It's, it, they, well, it's definitely not well. now because <laughs> the competition now is all the mirrorless the mirrorless stuff. It's, you know, Sony is basically the king of mirrorless. Canon's playing catch-up, and mm-hmm. Nikon finally introduced mirrorless mm-hmm. cameras, which means the world truly has come to an end. Right. And if you don't um, know what a mirrorless camera is, go to twit.tv slash hop and check out episode one and two where I explain <laughs> mirrorless versus dslr bodies <laughs> subtle subtle plug i like That's, it it's the perfect opportunity to plug this is no. the kind of stuff though that people don't understand right because right. I'll, I'll say something like oh yeah that's a, that's cool it's a mirrorless camera well, what's a mirrorless camera oh jesus you know <laughs> right like, no totally it, it's like somebody will come out and say you know what's better canon or nikon i'm like i'm not answering that question nope. like that, that that is not a question not i I'm, i don't make enough money to answer that question <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, it's it's cool that you've you've set your focus, no pun intended. No, on, it was. You know that was intended. I mean, yeah. it was a little bit intended. It was like it was like half intended. But I like the way that your show focuses on on the common dude, right? Yeah, right. for sure. Someone who's trying to understand it all because there's so much information to be had. There's so many things to know, mm-hmm. and. The problem with a lot of people, even when I got my first SLR, you you think at first that you need to know everything, right? <laughs> right. And what I, I got the best advice, and I'm pretty sure it was Scott Bourne who gave me this advice. I'm almost positive guy. it was. Um, he told me, stop worrying about all the settings. Here's what you do. You want to learn how to use your camera to do this. See the green square on your dial? That's full auto for <laughs> non-camera people. It. <laughs> yeah. Turn it to that. Take four months worth of pictures with the camera. Just enjoy yeah. yourself. Take a million pictures with it. Take every picture you could possibly get your hands on. Go into your software after you take the photos. Look at the ones that came out right. Mm-hmm. And look at what the camera said the settings should be. Right. And you start to learn, oh, in this situation, the camera in full auto mode did this. And it's like, okay, so this is probably a good start. It, it's not yep. perfect, but mm-hmm. it's a very good starting point for where you need to be when you're learning how to use a camera. And you'd be surprised how well it starts to stick after a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And conversely, and- you can do what I did is I pretty much set up a, a lab <laughs> in the house. <laughs> I took a coffee mug and just sat it on the table and grabbed the tripod old cheap tripod and the camera and put it in manual and i set the shutter to you know one fiftieth of a second clicked Mm -hmm. it oh what does this look like okay now what happens if i change it to one one twenty fifth of a second clicked it oh that's interesting what happens if i do this and that was but again that's somebody that i have no life so i have time to sit there (laughs) it it was fun watching you do that i'm pretty sure the last i I remember you doing that on google plus with these giant albums of like photo after photo after photo with every one of them captioned with the shutter speed you were playing with yeah and i'm like yeah that's 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 great like that's just learning you know but you know you know what i like like uh tabitha does a lot of that vincent Mm -hmm. on like instagram it was like 
which I she just did what, it just recently yeah, with depth the, of right, field the, her with, stories yes. and she does here's this picture I did it with this setting mm-hmm. and this whatever so this mm-hmm. setup and then I did the same I took the exact same picture with this one and then this one and this one like four four different versions and it was like to me again I don't know anything I really don't right <laughs> but like it was like. Oh, we need to it keep was, that as a sound bite. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, use that as a, yeah. Um, but it, it was like, I learned so much from her story, that that one group of stories, mm-hmm. right? And it, it, it's your point. And it's like, do do it, see what the result is. Change something, see what the result is, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, that's a good way of learning. It. And that's you, how I learn for sure, right? Yeah. Another thing that another thing that I learned the hard way, you know, because when you get an SLR and you know that, you know, even if you even if you're a complete idiot, when you get an SLR, you know the idea of like a manual photo, now. right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel seen. Um, yeah. When you take these, when you take all these shots, you start you hear in the back of your mind, this is a camera that you should be shooting in manual mode. Yeah. Like you hear that in your head yeah. and your, your mindset is that how am I supposed to take a fast moving shot? Mm. Like in manual mode, like how do I get all of those settings dialed in, mm-hmm. in a situation that's always evolving. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what the answer for a beginning photographer is? Programmed auto exposure. Yeah, that's what the answer is. <laughs> and I've been telling people this because they're like, oh, you know, I like the way the photos come out on auto, but you know, the the flat one thing that people hate on Canon cameras is if you put it in full auto, you can't shut the flash off anymore. So the flash just keeps going yeah, yeah. every time. And it's annoying. You don't nobody wants the on-camera flash to and it's ever the worst fire. Flash you, ever. You're better off not taking the photo. That's that's pretty much my advice the for worst that. Light but, ever. <laughs> but if you shoot in programmed auto exposure, most of the time, most of the time. As long as your ISO is in the ballpark, you're going to get a really good shot. I agree. That is how 90% of my shots are taken. Like they really are. Unless it's a product shot or like a moon shot. They're programmed auto. I don't bother with all the settings. Believe it or not, Vinny. Yeah. Most pros, if you look down, even down on the sidelines of the NFL football Mm -hmm. playoffs or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. Most of them are shooting in an automatic mode called aperture priority or Uh shutter priority. Uh-huh. They're not mm-hmm. fiddling with settings. That's A V and T V for the non-technical right. people. Those, that's what those dial right. numbers on the dial. They're not fiddling with settings. They they turn that knob to one little one little oh. setting and they're just capturing the shot. Mm-hmm. So if it's good enough for the pros, it's good enough for the people trying to learn. Yep. Most of, most of those pro most of those pro photographers really, as far as sports photographers, they're really just focused on how long the lens can go and how close it can get them mm-hmm. and taking as many shots as they can as possibly possible, take. Right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're taking, you know, I, I did my, my sister's wedding. I brought my camera to my sister's wedding. I took probably about 420 photos in three hours, three and a half hours. Like I took a lot of photos at her wedding mm-hmm. and I probably ended up with about 60 that I liked and probably about 30 that I gave her as prints. Mm-hmm. But that was because I was just shooting like mad, right? I was like, I'll, I'll yeah. take this shot and I'll just, sometimes I would, you know, if they, when she was dancing in her first dance, I set it to sport mode mm-hmm. and I just held the shutter down. I just kept doing that over and over again. Did and you make a flip book? Trying to freeze it? action. Yeah. Yeah. Because you get that, that one yeah. look that you're yeah. never going to capture if you wait for it. But if you just shoot in a lot of photos, you're going to grab it. And those are the kind of things that, 
you don't have to sit there and adjust every setting before every photo. No right. one does that. But you think you do because it's like, oh, this is a mm-hmm. manual camera. This is expensive. I'm supposed to use all the features. Mm-hmm. Not really. Yeah. You know, it's only weirdo you know, that from time to time. Um, well, no, let me take that back. <laughs> most of the time I shoot manual because most of the time the things that I shoot is not on a time constraint. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. have time to fiddle around with sure. settings and things like that and experiment. Right. But also through these last dang 15 years or so, I shot a lot of manual in my little home lab, if you will. So it comes more natural to me. Mm-hmm. So, but, but again, you're not going to hear me say, Hey, you need to be shooting manual. You need to be shooting That's manual. the thing. That's it's- the thing. There's, there's the pressure <laughs> to do that is not created Mm-mm. by Mm-mm. an actual thing. It's in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate to say it, yeah. but it's in your head. Look, you want to grow and learn more and you want to understand what all those settings do. I'm not going to tell you that's a bad thing. That's a right. good thing and you right. should do that. Right. But you should only do that if that's what you want to do. Right. Look, right. Getting- I got time, so that's why that's why I can do it. But if yeah, I'm get- on that sideline, I've already set it up to aperture priority. Getting a good camera with good getting a good camera with good glass on it is going to improve your photography mm-hmm. in most cases, unless you are a complete black thumb that can't figure anything <laughs> out, right? Like, Vince, you're stop gonna, talking about me, right? <laughs> but it's true. You're no, gonna I still get, love you, Mr. Ethan. <laughs> you're always going to get better photos. Always. It may take right. a little bit to adapt, but you're going to get better photos just by virtue of having a better camera. Well, that doesn't mean you're going to maximize that camera, but it does mean you're going to get a bump. So just yeah, enjoy the and I, I I hope people understand that this doesn't mean going out and spending twelve hundred dollars on a lens. No, nope. definitely not. There's nope. a lot of lenses out there that's a, that's as little as one hundred and twenty bucks. There's the some gems, fifty yep. millimeter from whatever manufacturer, Canon, Nikon, mm-hmm. Sony, fifty millimeter. That's it's going to be exponentially better than the lens that came with your camera. So <sighs> just spend yeah. another hundred bucks. Get that, play around with it, and you'll see the, <laughs> the difference in quality just because it's better glass. That's all it what, is. One of the things I, and this actually goes back to when I did, you, I was doing film photography. One of the things I tr- did a couple times was I just played with one setting, right? Mm-hmm. F-stop, you know, I, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I would just take a roll of film and I would just mess around with that one setting. Everything else I kept constant. And... Mm-hmm. I just messed around with that one setting and saw, and then saw what happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you were saying be- yeah. before it's similar, very similar, but like, and then I could understand that one setting a lot better because yeah. I isolated yeah. it to that. Right. Versus trying to m- m- uh, manipulate different, a bunch of settings at the same time. Right? right. To me, that's really, that's, that's where photography gets really confusing for me is there's so many different aspects that come into the settings that it's almost overwhelming sometimes. Right. But Mm -hmm. if, if you isolate it to one thing, keep everything else constant, you understand what that one setting can do. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, it does. There's so many little things. There's so many little things that people, you know, they prioritize big things over little things. Like my, Mm -hmm. my dad, my dad bought, um, I, forget, I think it was a Fuji, like a point and shoot. Like it was a nice little camera, took really good pictures. He was very happy with it. And then one day, one day I watched him take a picture. And what was he doing? He was pushing the button down in one shot. And I'm like, hey, 
you know that's not how you do that, right? He goes, what do you mean? I was like, you know that that button has two stages, right? <laughs> and he really honestly just didn't know, right? Yeah. He didn't know because the manual wasn't terribly clear on what you do to Who take a photo. Uh, yeah. So okay. I said, watch this. And I push it down. You can feel – I said, push it down a little bit until you hear a, feel a light click. It's like, okay, but it didn't shoot. I was like, now push it the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. And once he understood that mm-hmm. – his photos got so much better because now the camera was metering correctly. Yeah, right. Was, and I'm not, you know, again, that doesn't mean everybody should be shooting in a mode where they're auto-focusing. But, you know, sometimes the, the mechanical changes of taking photos aren't so much about learning a new setting. It's about just the, the like you were saying earlier, Ant, the, just the foundations. Yep. The complete but bare bones, I've never touched a camera, what do I do type basics. Mm-hmm. And even though my dad had, I have my dad's. Minolta SRT 101 sitting on my shelf right here. It's, nice. Yeah. I actually found his disappeared. We have no idea where it went. But then I was at um, an antique store and it was sitting on the shelf and it was like 110 bucks. I was like, I have to have this oh, camera. Man. Like, Steel. I, have have, I have to have this camera. <laughs> I don't even know if it works. I've never put film in it. I, I But I had to have it because it was my dad's camera and I wanted yeah. it in my house. And I remember him taking these amazing photos and that had nothing auto, like nothing on that camera is automatic. Like you really do have to know what the hell you're doing and what you're looking at to get it to take a good photo. And I think like, wow, you know, he didn't know that there was automatic focus on this camera. (laughs) You just push the button, take the picture. But it's not, it's not a matter. It's not a matter of incompetence or anything. It's just, Mm -mm. you know, it's the same thing with everything else you learn by doing. And again, you can't break a camera by changing a setting. Look, if you completely mangle the menus and screw everything up, there's a factory reset on every camera. You can't screw it up so much that it can't be fixed. Right. You could drop it and break it, sure, but you can't <laughs> you can't break it by changing settings. You just can't. It's not possible. So true. I also so think true. I mean you can you can have some like have real fun just taking pictures with automatic settings, like we said. And just learned- have fun with it. Like if you don't really care about you know, most of my I photography know. knowledge, most of my photography knowledge, the, the and I have a whole book of photos that I took, um, was take in difficult situations, namely the New York City subway. I used to shoot. Mm. Oh, dude, the stories oh, you could tell. Oh, I have so many <laughs> photos. I have, and I have like two DVDs full of photos, which, because that was the easiest way to store them back yeah. then. But Oh, yeah. I've I got have a whole. And I found yeah. as I was cleaning out the basement, because, you know, I'm in the process of moving and getting my stuff packed up. Whoop. And I found one of my photo books, which is called, I think I called it Subway Reflections, but it's just photos I took on the subway. And I was looking through it going, geez, like, Dude. how'd you get that shot? Like, you know? <laughs> And but I realized, like you know, you're taking these shots in these incredibly challenging situations, right? And I remember the inspiration for the photos I was taking. There was this guy who used to do this. Um, I forgot the name of his. He used to have a um, a um, a photo blog way back when photo blogs were a thing. Um, his name was Travis Roos. And everything I learned about subway photography, I learned from him. I wanted to be just like him because I loved the way he captured. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you go on the subway, you think, oh, it's dark. Yeah, it is. But there's also crazy light. 
if you use the right lens, like I used to go down into the subway and everything I shot was with a 50 millimeter F 1.8, everything. Yeah. Cause you need that 1.8. Yep. Need that <laughs> 1.8. You ain't getting anything with less than the 1.8. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was 50 millimeters on an APS-C body, which means oh, it was what? 80, oh. 82 millimeters ish. Yeah. <laughs> but the shots I got them, I look at them to this day and go, dude, I don't know how you got that shot. Like, oh, and gosh. I think part of it was, I learned how to use the camera well because the lighting situation was so inconsistent and the, the it was everything was you got to get the shot right you got to get your settings right because in the dark you can't stop motion on something that's moving again similar with how we talked about the pandemic was forcing us to look a little bit deeper and mm-hmm, figure mm-hmm. out how to make something out of nothing you knew you're in a dark daggum subway mm-hmm. um very, very limited lighting and, and you only have so much time. What 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 am I going to do to make this shot happen? And you figured it out. Yep. And, right. and you know what? I'm gonna tell you, I have a lot of fails in my archive of photos. But I hope they you look, do. But they <laughs> yeah, look so like, cool. That's, like right. but that's the cool part, right? Like right. mechanically, technically, these photos are wrong, you know? But mm-hmm. artistically, I have one shot of the light on one of the subways when they had the illuminated number at the top of the train and the train is coming in and the shutter stayed open for almost a full second. Mm-hmm. And somehow I managed to stay still, but the shutter stayed open. And what I have is these amazing streaks of light yeah. entering this. And I'm like, right. Somet- I get, I'm getting goosebumps mis- thinking of that yeah. photo right now. And I'm like, you couldn't i didn't intend to capture you, you, that you can't plan that kind of right. thing right but also right. i that photo is technically i screwed up that's how it happened right yeah. right so what's the worst that happened i screwed up i got a really cool photo out of it you know and Vinny, i've also tried to tell people that listen to my show that it's not always about the megapixels this is more nope. about the story yep and yep. this this comment tends to piss, piss people off, but I'm saying it anyway. Um, uh, I can't wait. If you look at the um, the, the classic photo from uh, Iwo, Iwo Jima, I, I can never mm-hmm. say it. You know the one I'm talking about? Where mm-hmm. you're putting With the, the flag them now? Raising the flag. Yep. That photo, technically, not very good. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> but it's the story behind yeah. it. Yeah. Not yeah. very so good. Many, totally. dude, it's so blurred, many photos. It's overexposed. So yeah. many iconic photos. The the guy in Tiananmen Square. There's so there's yeah. like a couple of photos of him standing in front of the tank. They're yeah. grainy. They're hard to see. He's a million miles away, but you all know what it is, and you're all going, "Wow!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. So forget yeah. forget the, the the technical side of it. Every now and then, the story is going to save you from your technical malfunctions <laughs> or, or fails, if you will. Just just keep shooting. You know. I, well, like, I, that, yeah, as we keep saying, like. That's it, by the way. Like, that's, just that's keep, it right there. Keep, just keep take shooting. The, take the photo, whatever whatever it takes to get you to take the photo. That's what's a, that's what's important. Now I think. that you've been doing now that you've been doing this for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Now that you've been you've been at Twit for a while, you've been working on you know photography related programming for a while. Mm-hmm. Do you have people coming back to you going, "Oh, Aunt, that was amazing. I learned so much from you." And here's let me show you some of the stuff I learned. Look at this. Look at this. Like you could be super like, awkward if not. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, no one's ever done that. No, you, you know it. it, it hey. Ethan is still awkward because oh, yeah, I'm sure. the yeah. answer is yes. And mm-hmm. my email, you know, I tell people they can email me to send feedback and questions and comments, what have you hop at twit.tv. And if you want to send pictures, you can send them there as well. 
and just let me know if you want me to use them on the show or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and my email is flooded. I'm never caught up on it. And, <laughs> yes, and I tell awesome. people, I, like, I don't even yeah. contact you by email, by the way. Like, it's just not an option. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm never caught up you on got it. The, you got, Vincent, I feel like you got the bat line. Yeah. You know. I can call. Look, we've had phone conversations, yeah, we've been right? We've on the phone. This is, this <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> Yeah, if yeah, I exactly. disappear, I know, uh, by the way, I know if I've been offline for a while, because I'll get a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, man, you all right? Yeah, where, where you at? Yeah, I'm yeah, good. Yeah, I'm good. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. That's real. But no, I, I tell people to email me, and that, that inbox is just flooded every week. That's awesome. And, and, and it really warms my heart. And then there's a couple of our listeners that I that I ended up following on Instagram or Twitter or what have you. And seeing their progress in their social media posts. It's How crazy, rewarding right? is that? I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I'm yeah. like, damn it, Aunt, take credit for it. Shit. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm, right. Oh, I'm sorry. I, we lost it. There it goes. <laughs> did, you, you, did something, you did something that Twit didn't really have, mm-hmm. right? You, right? There's a photography show on Twit. There wasn't one before you. Like, you brought photography to Twit. Well, the, the photography show that was there long, long, long time ago is called TWIP, This Week in Photo, which is still a show that's out there now, hosted hmm. by Frederick Van Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, but he it gets didn't. more along into the news side of things. Oh, right? uh, okay. Like photojournalism and, type stuff. Right. And yeah. I will touch on news stuff here and there. Actually, last week's episode um, was <laughs> a newsy-ish episode. Because I felt yeah. I needed to discuss it. Because uh, Canon, was, you know, Canon was saying, on. you know, we're not doing DSLRs anymore. Canon decided to even shut down one of their factories in China. I thought that's pretty big news and should be discussed. Okay. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. But I also took it took the opportunity to explain probably why that's happening. And yeah. the first thing is Canon's got all of this new mirrorless technology. They're investing in it. The yep. the, the point and shoots and DSLRs. No, they don't care. They openly admit that, hey, these smartphones out here are eating our lunch. Mm. <laughs> they sure are. So they sure people are. keep shooting with the smartphones. But yeah, hey. I, I do more on the tutorial side of things and helping people get better and providing feedback and stuff like that. I, Every now I and think then it's I, news. I think I, I think I said, I think I sent, I don't know if it was through DMs or whatever, but uh, when I, when you were on the first time, so, uh, so Bettina, my girlfriend, um, her ex-husband is like a huge photography guy, like huge, mm-hmm. like, and, uh, we, uh, we were really, you know, we get along really well. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so we're at dinner, uh, with, with her daughter, uh, Bettina's daughter and everything. And I, I like Nate, I was like, have you heard about Twit? <laughs> and and like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, uh, Aunt, uh you know, Aunt, he was uh he was on our podcast last week. I totally name dropped you, and <laughs> no shame at all. And I was super, I was like, I was like, name drop, mic drop, boom. It was awesome. So I gotta ask you a question because I've always I've always wondered this, and I think I might have started to wonder it the last time you were on, but now that it's really a thing now. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to go from, yeah. I mean, you always had something, you always had something going where you were making content for other people and consulting and doing things for other people. But mm-hmm. how does it feel to go from an independent content creator to like a, to yeah. like a network content yeah. creator? Like I know Leo, really gives you a lot, yeah. Leo gives you a lot of freedom. I know that. And that's yep. good because I feel like that's why your shows are good because it's you making them, not the network making right. them. 
mm-hmm. but like how does that how does it feel to like be employed by someone to do something you were kind of doing on your own before is it kind of weird it's it... <laughs> Sorry, that's your one Barbara Walters question. I had to ask one oh, hard man. question. I can't kiss your ass for the entire no, episode. Well, it, it, oh <laughs> gosh, dude, it, I still sort of um, pinch myself, you mm. know, because I'm getting a lot more benefits. Uh, you, you guys know, as as working <clears throat> adults, the paycheck is one thing, mm-hmm. but the benefits in addition to that paycheck is another. Thing. Yeah, it's a whole other thing. Yeah, and being able to work for Twit TV. And doing the content that I want to do, as well as make a nice living with it from a, a monetary standpoint, and then the benefits that comes with it, dude, it, it's, I still pinch myself. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> I go out and shoot and thinking, huh, yeah, this is part of work today. And I haven't broken a sweat. <clears throat> There's no stress. You know, I'm not staying up late. And it's just, you know, and I sit back and I'm thinking, wow, you know what? This could have been really, really stressful if I was just doing this independently because it is stressful. You, it you is. have to keep mm-hmm. constantly booking. Um, <laughs> and you have to build up that nest egg, if you will. Yep. And yeah. I, it, it was tough because I had to work in IT for umpteen <laughs> years while <laughs> building my photography and content creation side of things because the IT was giving me that benefits stuff where I could be a little more stress-free about creating content. And now I have it all under one roof. I, I can't complain. In addition to the fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, that Twit also allows me to dive into other stuff if I want to. You know, I get to do producing because I can. Right. That's awesome. I get to do technical directing because um, I can. You know, I haven't done editing, which I don't mind that at all. I they can keep the editing part. <laughs> <laughs> they can keep that. Yeah. You know, because I've, I've done video editing with, with Premiere and, and Resolve and all of that. And it's a lot of work to edit video. Um, but I, I love my editor for my show, Mr. Victor. Hey, brother, keep doing it because I don't want that job. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I love, what I love about, you know, the way you the way you pr- approach what you do is that even for someone like me, I can, I still learn shit from you and it blows my mind. <laughs> like, so one of the things, and I've, I think I talked about, I know I talked about it with you. Um, and I know when you posted the video, I shared it on my Twitter account and said, look, I learned from this. If I can learn from this, you can. But one of the <laughs> things that I learned was because I used to set up, um, for each episode of the podcast, I would sit there and tweak the compressor over and over. Oh and gosh, getting man. to the point where I just wanted to punch myself in the face every time I had to touch it, and I'm like, "This sucks. What do I have to do for this to suck less?" And a couple of weeks after I had just had enough, Ant drops a video. I was like, "Here, here's how to use the compressor." The, he basically put the compressor in easy mode. Yeah, that's all I did. And I'm like, auto auto focus. Essentially, he yeah. Essentially, he put the he put the compressor on green square. And I'm I'm watching the video on my TV, going, "There's no way this works." Like I'm I'm going, I know I know audition. I learned how to edit audio on Cool Edit, so I know how to use audition. Yeah, man, I've been using audition forever, and I'm like, "There's no way." 
this works. So I took the most recent episode of the podcast at the time. I brought the tracks into my usual file. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, go to the bottom, add the effect to that level. All right, let's hear how it sounds. And I went, well, hell. Oh, damn it. He's right. Does it say, so here's what here's my God's honest opinion, right? I listen to it. I go, does this sound as good if I spend a half hour, 45 minutes tweaking the compressor? No. Right. Difference. Does it sound close enough where it's worth it to save 45 minutes? You're damn right it does. Exactly. That's exactly the point of that video. Because you, you, you the, know, there's a there's a several different compressor tools inside mm-hmm. of Audition. Yep. But and a if lot I'm of trying presets, to explain it to someone that's just getting started with podcasting. Yep. And I, it's the one thing that people don't use enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know how to explain what it sounds like to someone. If you don't use a compressor on your audio, I'm judging you. And I can tell you're not. <laughs> I can tell you're not. And I'm judging you. So fix it. <laughs> but no, but I'll tell you that that was amazing because, you know, you you with that trick, you really did demonstrate what diminishing the, the textbook example of diminishing returns. Right. I appreciate Where that. man. If I if I don't do this, if I do it the old way that I've been doing it, it takes me 45 minutes and it sounds good. Sounds really good. I'm very mm-hmm. happy with it. It does. But if I do it the way you do it, the way you showed in the video. Well, now it takes me three minutes and it sounds almost as good. It's like, well, is it worth 42 minutes for a 1% improvement? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. And no one noticed. <laughs> no one suddenly started pounding down the door going, you know, your show used to sound good, but now it just sounds like sounds garbage. so good. <laughs> but yeah, and that's, I, I, I love, one, that's what I love about your stuff. Like there's always room yeah. to learn even for people that have been doing something for a long time, because a lot of what we do for a long time isn't for a reason. It's just because we've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, that's right. So true. Right. For so sure. True. I'm trying to learn something every single day and I'm typically studying a tutorial, um, probably four or five times a day, whether it's something, uh, that a, another photographer <laughs> did or another, uh, audio person did. I'm always flipping through stuff. I've bought <laughs> classes. I got. Uh, I'm in master oh, yeah. class. It, it's. I'm I, constantly trying to step you know up my knowledge on this stuff. You know what I learned this weekend? I'm so embarrassed by the fact that I just learned it this weekend. Okay, if you have a Canon SLR, I know nobody has Canon SLRs anymore. We know, but listen, <laughs> it's probably not that different anymore. But if you have a Canon SLR and you hit the menu key, you get the menu. Mm-hmm. I know, amazing, right? It's crazy. But here's the thing. I always wondered why would anyone put anything in their custom menu? Oh. Because it's the last tab. Why would you put something on the last tab and then hit the menu key and have to scroll over every time? It's not the way it works. <laughs> Once you put something on that tab, it's, it's the there. first thing that comes up when you hit the menu button. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> I didn't know that. I learned that this weekend. So I shoot the stuff that I shoot for Snacker Joe's. I shoot everything. I, I have to frame it carefully because I need it to be square for Instagram. So I have to make sure everything's on frame Yep. and it sucks. And I'm like, why can't the camera be in square mode? Cause I could do it with my phone. Why can't mm-hmm. I do it with my camera? I was like, Oh, there's the setting. All right. That's cool. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let me add it to the custom menu. Just, all right. It's not going to be buried anymore. It's still going to be on the last tab. It's not going to be buried. So I went nope. downstairs to take photos. I hit the menu key in the custom menus. The first thing that comes up and I'm like, 
No way. Like, What's wrong with my camera? You're not supposed yeah. to do this. Where's You're not supposed to be this set? convenient. <laughs> and I hit this and I'm like, aspect ratio is the first setting on the custom menu on the first button I hit right off the bat. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is the greatest thing ever. And I actually showed Beth like she would care. Like, to her credit, to her credit she acted like it was cool. I don't think it impacted her the way it impacted me, nor should it. But right. I was so excited. I was like, do you know how much time or how many reshoots this is going to save me? Because I can frame yeah. what it is exactly the way it's going to be on Instagram. I'll probably shoot 90% of the stuff on this camera going forward as a square shot. That's awesome. Because almost everything goes on Instagram. But mm-hmm. wow, I felt mm-hmm. like such an idiot. Like I all these years, dude, I've had every rebel since the XT. <laughs> oh, and wow. I didn't yeah. know that the custom menu actually did custom menu things. And guess what, Vinny? It's it's doing that on their new cameras too. So <laughs> <laughs> So here's the thing. If if you have a Canon camera and you didn't know that, let me know. Like message me on Instagram. Or hit me up at Vincent at because we make.com because I can't be the only one that didn't know this. I refuse to believe I'm the only one. Well, let's rephrase idiot. that. If you have a canon and you and you been trying this out and you do and you did know this, laugh at Vinny when you send the message. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'll allow abuse for this one because I felt like <laughs> I was so happy to discover it. And then it's like, well, I got my first rebel. And I was thinking back to like, when did I get my first rebel? Mm-hmm. I got my first rebel in 2005. I've had Rebels wow. for 17 years. Wow. And I didn't know the setting. Wow. <laughs> the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> it's that moment, by the way. It's that moment when you realize, like, no matter how much you know, there's so much more to learn. It's there's just so much more to learn. You know, and and now it's what what I enjoy about that is this is now part of your workflow. Part mm-hmm. of being a content creator is figuring out efficient workflow. Yep. Um, yep. Because you can be a great creator, but if, if you're just inefficient with getting that stuff delivered, you, you're just wasting a lot of time. And little stuff like that makes a huge difference. You know, oh, I sure. have oh, yeah. presets sure. inside of Premiere Pro mm-hmm. for when I actually do <laughs> video editing. I have a preset um, project file. It, it, it's already laid out the way I need it to be. I don't have to go dinking around in the menus and stuff. It's boom. It's there and ready for me to just drop yep. my footage in and go. Presets yep. inside of Lightroom for when I wanted to work on portraits or whatever. Just click on that preset and it gives me a good starting point without me having to dink around and, and waste more time because uh, my business model is when I do shoots for people out here I send them proofs within 48 business hours and people like to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So how can I speed that up and make it less stressful with, with myself? It's just make some presets. If, if you had asked me when we started doing this podcast, if I could drop it at five o'clock on a Wednesday, if I recorded it at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday, I would tell you out of your damn mind. But now I'm at a point we did Ethan and I did an episode a couple of weeks ago where we started, I believe we started at 10 o'clock. Eastern time. And no, it was the episode. It wasn't with Ethan. It wasn't with Ethan. No, it was me. Um, we did it at, it was the episode where we had um, Jamie and Jay from Wicked Makers on. Yeah. Yeah. We mm-hmm. started at 10 o'clock Eastern time. We finished recording at 1157 Eastern time. By 1207 Eastern time, the episode was edited, scheduled, show notes done, and posted. <laughs> That's and workflow, was baby. <laughs> That's 10 workflow. Minutes. That's what I'm talking about. That's, and, you know, 
I've been building those. I was talking about this with somebody else. I was like, I've been building these efficiencies for years of doing this, like trying to get this down to the point where right. the template for the show is so dialed in that I don't need to touch anything. Mm-hmm. I just need to put the episode in, double check the levels, watch the meters a little bit, bounce around a few spots just to make sure the levels are looking good. Done. I, I out into the world it goes. There are people who edit obsessively. I don't do that. There are people who tweak obsessively. I don't do that. I don't have to do that because I've developed a a way to not do that. And like you said, when you're a content creator, I hate using the phrase churn out content, but that really is what you have to be able to do. Yeah. Because you have all the content in the world. I know there are people that listen to this very show who have YouTube videos in their unedited form sitting waiting to be edited and dropped upon the world. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not judging you for doing that, but that is what I can't do. I can't go. I pride myself on the fact that this show drops at five o'clock every Wednesday. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a badge of honor for me now. It's like, we don't miss a, we don't miss a day. Mm-hmm. We don't miss that five o'clock drop. I mean, if it shows up later, I it appreciate ain't us. that myself. <laughs> you're still probably up when it drops. <laughs> I know you. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> late to bed, late to rise. <laughs> got, the, got a little backwards, but all right, we're good. Anyway, you know, you know, you know what else is good? I think things of the week are good. Oh, things things of, the, of the week. Things of the week mm. are very good. Mm. Um, Aunt Aunt wanted to properly tribute Ethan. Yes, so Aunt he, actually he has, channeled Ethan's <laughs> thing of the week. <laughs> he actually has two things of the week yes. this week. So, Man. ironically, oh. I don't have. I only have one. But you only have one. I feel like you're slacking, Ethan. I know. Oh, yeah. Come on. Step up. I can probably find another, I can probably find another one. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I got two things of the week because um, it was just really, really difficult to decide on one, and so I figured, all right, hey, maybe if I just I, do I two, you. keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> and because I wanted to do something um, related to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, dude, don't just make it photography. You always do that. Just find so something lame. else. No, <laughs> <You know. laughs> Boring. Right. So I said, all right, well, let me put it somewhere in that realm, but yet still be, you know, something useful for somebody. And like the, two things came up. Um, first is the, the, the TV show Succession that most mm-hmm. people have been watching and binging and whatever. Great show. I uh, have to admit, I was late to the game. And when I first started watching it was in 2020 and the first episode pissed me off so bad. I'm like, really, this is a freaking pandemic. And y'all want me to watch these rich folks out here just being rude and mean. And I I didn't want to watch it. And somebody said, Hey, no, really give it a chance. Yes, they are pieces of crap. (laughs) But Watch the show. (laughs) And I watched it and I love it. So the theme song to that, um, the composer, Nicholas Bratel, I believe is how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a video on the Vanity Fair YouTube channel and it's uh, titled Succession, the theme song explained by the composer. And if you're a music fan and Vinny, I know you play piano, so this is probably something you'll really enjoy. He gets into the nuance of that theme song. Um, mm-hmm. The chords are not necessarily lined up at, at certain times in that song and it works. Uh, there's there's emotion into into the song that I guess you can say that with pretty much any song people write, but you can really hear it 
in this one and how they weave it into the show at certain scenes and things like that. It's a beautiful video. It's about 10 minutes, 12 minutes long, something like that. Yep. Definitely check that one out. That's um, awesome. That's and a good then one. The, the other thing, uh, Black Magic Design, <laughs> they make uh, video cameras and um, video editing tools, video production tools, things of that nature. I shoot a Black Magic uh, Pocket 6K. Love that thing. It's a cinema camera, so you have to deal with it from a cinema standpoint. You know, you're not going to get all the super autofocus and, and body stabilization and all. It, it's a cinema camera, you know, yep. so you need to work. But when you work, it's going to look really, really, really good. Yep. There's a bunch of different tutorials out there from Blackmagic because they have um, their software, DaVinci Resolve, which is a free video editor. Um and it's cross-platform, but you can get the paid version for 300 bucks or something like that. And that's it. And it'll, it'll keep updating. But if you, go, if you go and look for tutorials, there is a gazillion tutorials and they're all over the place, you know, because YouTubers are just trying to, to capture that search traffic. And, <laughs> you know, so Black Magic said, you know what, we're going to do our own tutorials and we're going to refine them and we're going to make them really, really good. And they nailed it. Um, because I've seen some of their previous ones and they stunk. <laughs> like, this is your product, man. This right. is... <laughs> Have you ever used it? That's the question. <laughs> but this time they, they put one out there and it's, it's really, really good. And it, it's several hours long. So this is perfect for somebody that actually wants to learn. This is not just someone that's trying to, you know, go, go about it on a hobby standpoint. I've paid for two different courses in DaVinci Resolve. And I like those two courses that I paid for, but this <laughs> one here knocks it out the park. And it should because it's the daggum creator of the software, you know, <laughs> and, it's, and now it's free. So I highly recommend checking that out because there, there is a free version of DaVinci Resolve. Anybody that's shooting video can use it. So check that so out. So let me ask you a question because mm -hmm. I was talking about this on the Makers on Zoom group. And I have to ask you, since you're talking about it now, and I'm assuming you use DaVinci Resolve because you have a uh, Blackmagic camera, mm -hmm. you have a similar computer to me. In fact, I think we have almost the same machine, mm -hmm. almost, spec-wise. Mm -hmm. Why does it run like crap on my computer? I cannot <laughs> figure it out. There's no reason it should run as poorly as it does. I don't understand it. It's And it's a shame, too, because I've seen people using it, and I'm like, wow, wow that is. Like, I love Premiere. But I look at Resolve and go, that's pretty damn cool. Like, yeah. that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. I don't I don't know, man. I feel like I'm doing – I honestly feel like I'm just doing something wrong. Like, or there's a piece of hardware that it just doesn't like. I don't know. I, I wonder if the bottleneck is the video card. That's, that's the only thing RX I can think of. It's an RX 580. It's an RX? An RX 580, and yeah. still – wow. Yeah. Dude, I, that's what I mean. I I have 16 hmm. gigs of RAM. I yeah. have an SSD. I yeah. have an Athlon 2700X. Yeah. You, and yeah. I have a RX 580. There's no reason this machine should be this slow. I don't no. understand it. I don't know. Maybe I, they've updated it. I'll give them another shot. I'll give them another shot. Because 17. I was 17.2 is the latest version. Okay. And it's, it's so good. Oh, gosh. There's so many AI tools built into one of, it. It's One of so the things good. I loved about it that I thought was just pure brilliance was the first thing it asked you when you started up is, hey, are you coming from another editor? Because mm -hmm. if you are, here's the keyboard shortcuts you're familiar mm -hmm. with. I'm like, yep. oh, 
Yep. Brilliant. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> bastards. I love you. <laughs> so and, and I'm still I still use Premiere. Um mm-hmm. because I s I don't think I'm quite fast enough in Resolve yet. Um, you know, I'm still spending time in both. Uh if it comes down to it, I will round trip my footage from Premiere, mm-hmm. doing all my cuts and effects and things like that. Send it over to Resolve when I'm ready to do the coloring. I feel like the, that's what everyone loves about Resolve is oh the um, color gosh. grading. The color grading tools are just ridiculous. And then and it, when I get it's finished, like it was send made, it back to Premiere. But you know what? Now that I think about it, now that I'm thinking about it, right? What do they make? They make cinema cameras. They make capture boards, right? Yeah. And they all shoot in some form of log, which is raw yep. for video. Yep. And it, it kind of makes sense that they would have really good color correction for products that they make that mostly handle files in some kind of log format. So I yep. guess that does make sense that they, they just said, you know, we're not going to wait for you guys to get this right. We're going to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, Pretty much. I look at the way Premiere is now. And I think about how it was five years ago. Yeah. I'm like, they have learned their lesson. They're yep. getting there. They're, they're getting they're, there. They're, they're getting, getting there. there. <laughs> it's much, much, much better than it was. It's still not good, but it's much, much better <laughs> yeah. than it was. If I'm if I'm using Premiere, um, granted they do have a plug-in to use Blackmagic raw footage, mm. but it's still nowhere near up to snuff on speed as Resolve is. Yeah. If I'm going to use Premiere, it's only because I'm shooting ProRes stuff. ProRes is smooth in mm-hmm. Premiere. So smooth. But Prem- at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, man, the color tools inside of Resolve, they've, they've spoiled me. Uh, I, I felt I, I felt the big hit when I switched back from a Mac to a PC, and I switched back from Final Cut yeah, to using Final Premiere. Yeah, Final Cut is light years ahead in speed. Fi- as far as as far as as far as just pure file handling, like mm-hmm. it doesn't. No matter how big the file is, Final Cut can handle it, and it never slows down. I've yeah. never been able in my life to slow down Final Cut. Yeah, and it's light years ahead. It really is ridiculous how optimized it is. And I can only imagine. I have not used it on one of these new M1 machines. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what that must be like. Like mm-hmm. it must just be butter. <laughs> <laughs> I've wanted to get a Mac Mini. Hmm. Um, but it's going to be a huge investment because I need a lot of ports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you need, so- and look, you need software. Like if I went back to the Mac today, it wouldn't bother me too much because I, I paid for final cut. I paid for w- motion and I paid for compressor. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. have paid licenses. You got for all that stuff. It would just You're re-download good. them. It's fine. <laughs> You're good. But I'm not, I don't have a Mac. <laughs> all the stuff I bought when I had Macs, I had to rebuy when I got windows and I'm not going back. <laughs> oh. Gosh, yeah, I'd like to have a a, a, a Mac Mini because just the, their performance. Fortunately, the software wouldn't be a problem because I'm still going to keep using Lightroom and Photoshop. Uh, yeah, my workflow on that is just really, really fast. Yeah, I hated Lightroom until I discovered the wonder that is Lightroom. I was always associating <laughs> Lightroom with Lightroom Classic. Yeah, Lightroom Classic is a different story. Um, I wouldn't say I won't say this because I know Dave Swiduck absolutely loves Lightroom Classic. I do so I'm too. not gonna I'm not gonna judge him for it, but I absolutely despise it. I think it's one of the worst pieces of evil crap ever created. It's get, it's gotten so much better because it used to be just a a, a monster. <laughs> To run, oh. you know, your computer would weep. Well, so here's 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 a great part. The one thing I like about Lightroom as it is now with the modern Lightroom, yeah. whatever they're calling it, they call it Lightroom. Yeah, they modern just call it Lightroom. Lightroom. Yeah, yeah. The other um, one's LRC. I love Lightroom because 
I can go computer to computer to computer to the web. Yeah. Even, and yeah. my stuff is there. Like I every I'll slider that you moved is still there. <laughs> yeah. I I love I love being able to dump a bunch of fo- raw files into into Lightroom before I go to work. And then like while I'm sitting there eating my lunch, I can, you know, flip through them real quick and yep. you know call the call the herd, do some quick crops on stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like this is nice. Like mm-hmm. th- this is the way I like to work. And then I could take my iPad out and all my photos are there and I can mm-hmm. do like real editing. And it's like, mm-hmm. why, why weren't we always doing this? I guess, cause we didn't have the stuff, the, but the, the reason is because I remember, I think it was 2017 or so. Uh, when they announced this new Lightroom, Lightroom CC, I think this was, was that when everybody's head collectively exploded. I remember that moment. Yeah, and and oh, I yeah. asked them. I was like, "So um, you're calling this Lightroom CC, and then you're calling this over here Lightroom Classic? Does this mean there's a sunset coming for Lightroom Classic that most of the pros have been using?" Uh, and they said, "No, it's, that's not going anywhere. It's just a naming convention because." people like me that continues to use Lightroom Classic, the uh, asset management part of it is what's key. Mm. You know, I, I have, I don't even use Lightroom Classic the way Adobe wants me to use it, but <laughs> but it works <laughs> so daggum well for me. Totally. You know, I make catalog files for every month. Um, and at the end of the year, I dump those catalog files into another folder and throw it into a backup. And if I need to refer back to it, I can just jump back to it and quickly search and pull up keywords and all of that stuff. It just, it's so useful when it comes to organizing your, um, your images, especially if you're dealing with stuff that's evergreen and you want to come back to it later. It's, it's all right there. Was it, I'm trying to remember this. So is it, was the name of the app that they had on Apple, was it called, was it Aperture? Yeah. Yeah. And they killed it. Yeah, they killed it. Okay, they did kill it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking as we were talking, like, I can't remember the last time I heard anyone say that name. And I just looked up, I just looked up and, yep, yeah, 2014. Okay. Yep. So, yep, it's dead. It was a terrible <laughs> program anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because there's other stuff out there. Again, you have the Lightroom CC, like what you're using, but there's also Pixelmator. Mm-hmm. On the Mac, that's just crushing it. What's the other one? There was another one that I was using that um, Scott Bourne was pushing really hard. Oh, he was uh, a Luminar Skylum. Luminar, mm-hmm. yeah, um, Skylum. That's it. Uh, that dude. Uh, uh, that that was I that, that got too. me shooting raw again. <laughs> like, I have that it, too. It's good. It's it's surprisingly good. Like if you don't want to pay a membership or the monthly thing, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good alternative. And they updated a lot, so you don't end up with cameras that can't bring anything in. Yep. Since we're talking about cameras, Ethan, how about your thing of the week? Oh, my thing of the week? All right. Uh, so my thing, well, so here's the funny thing is my thing of the week, I didn't realize I had no idea how to pronounce it. Um, so my thing of the week is a tripod. So uh, You couldn't pronounce a, tripod? Yeah, no, I can pronounce tripod, but a brand name. Oh, my gosh. I, I really hey, that, don't know hey, how to pronounce it. That was a softball, bro. <laughs> I think it's just all letters because they're all capitals. So we'll go yeah, with it's that. G, it's G W N N S H. Like it's that's like not Grinch. a name. It's like Grinch said by a toddler. Grinch. Yeah. Grinch. Nailed Grinch. <laughs> Grinch. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a tripod, and I've had a ton of tripods. But 
and this is a new one for me, so I don't know how long, it, you know, I don't know how sturdy it is or anything like that, but I love the like diversity of this tripod that it, so it has all the things you want. You want like a quick release, uh, you know, plate. Um, but it also has the, what I love about it is it has the ability to one of the legs of the tripod unscrews and it becomes a monopod. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Right. Big features. Yeah. Um, the, the top of it is basically like, uh, uh, what what uh the magic arca swiss yeah it's like it so it's a pivotal like on the name what ball head yeah ball head okay so you can i got you don't worry we, we yeah, can do this. Vincent, Vincent <laughs> basically should do my thing of the week um but and then and then you can also flip it around and do it upside down and what's that called vincent um, that is called upside down. <laughs> yeah, no special name for that. <laughs> heard it. No, but you, you said Top it earlier. Down. But anyways, you can flip it around so you can do under like under shots with this tripod. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really 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 good tripod for the price too. Hundred so, percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't really, believe, really cool. Just just to put in perspective for those of you looking at the things of the week this week, um, I have a very similar tripod. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. This is not a flex. It's a higher end tripod than this. It's it was one hundred eighty nine dollars when I got it. Okay, mm-hmm. it's a very nice tripod. Yeah, no, this one looks utterly identical to it, and it's mm-hmm. pissing me off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, again, I don't know how long it will last, but I got it from I got this from a, a good friend, another content creator mm-hmm. who recommended it, and it's, it's a very versatile tripod. It's I guess it's that's incredible. what. I yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. One of the yeah. things you're going to find th- surprisingly useful. <laughs> Yeah. is the um, counterweight hook on the bottom of the center shaft. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't realize how useful that is until you're like hiking and you hook your bag. So what I usually do, this is a, this is a good pro tip for people. If you, have mm-hmm. a, if you have a tripod like this that has a hook for your ca- a counterweight on the center shaft underneath, put a carabiner on your, sh- on your photo bag mm-hmm. and use that carabiner to hook that hook and you can use your bag as the counterweight to stabilize the tripod when you're setting up a shot. This works particularly well if you're doing like sky shots at night and you need to shut her open for a while. So there you go. Super smart. There's your tip for the day. (laughs) And uh, so Vincent, I'm going to do, I'm going to, you're joking that I only had one thing of the oh week. God, but I'm gonna go. do. Let me get yeah. one note open. Go no, for I'm, it. I'm, I'm going. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna do two, two more. Two more. Yes. Just because. Yeah. <laughs> just just screwing with me at this I know, point. Just because. No, but I really, uh, I did really love uh, Chris Powell, who is a former guest, uh, Full Steam Designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a the the resta uh, stack leather handle yep. knife sheath and that thing everything about that was amazing he's he i mean as we know he's super talented but it was super cool i love that he took that to the next level and he uh he made he took the deresta knife and made a leather stacked uh handle but then also made a deresta sheath for it and then the other one is morley <laughs> He did a way better job on that than I was going to do because I had the same idea oh, yeah. when I saw it. And I looked at his <laughs> and when he did it, I just looked at it and went, yeah, I'm not nope, even attempting I'm it now. I'm Yeah, done. I'm not going to yeah, do it. I'm not right. entering that space. Nope. nope. Yeah, he did way better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He crushed it. As I'm not surprised because he just everything he does is super talented. Yeah, yep. Top notch. Uh, but also last one is Morley who did the Think Bigger 
I thought that was a really, really poignant and very cool video that he did. Um, I'm not even going to explain it. You guys just have to go watch it's it. It's a very good video. And what's you know what the funnest part of it was for me? I got to watch the brainstorming of the sign coming together as he was oh, making really? it. And it was just... It's so it was so fun to see the video finally become a thing. Ah, it's it's just great. It's it's a yeah. great video and it's a great project and I you'll just, learn I, a lot watching it. Yeah, I, 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 it was like it was a very poetic, right? Mm-hmm. Like and uh, very thoughtful, and that's that's who he is, that's and I right. really appreciated it. So our boy is becoming. Uh, you know, I, I keep calling him our boy, right? But <laughs> our boy Morley is becoming really just a a banger at making like really artistically heavy videos yes yes it's it's wonderful i just yeah i agree i I, I, yeah i mean people should acknowledge the fact that he is he i mean he's an artist like Mm -hmm. i I think he's just like i think it's because he's hanging out with ryan so much yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i think ryan's an influence on him totally (laughs) yeah but, no, but I, I love that video. I thought it was a very poetic and beautiful, good one, like well spoken, thoughtful video. So I love that you didn't need to give me a link for either of the last two videos because I knew where they were and I just yeah, they're yeah. in the show wow. notes already. But <laughs> yeah, it's it, that's good. Those are yeah. good videos. You did all right. I'll allow those Mi- two extra ones, Mister yeah. Ethan. I need to give you credit with this tripod. Hmm. Um, a lot of people starting out with photography, they. Oh. They don't put enough money into their tripods because mm-hmm. tripods will you, you're going to beat them up. Um, yeah, folding them and unfolding them that's that's a little bit of wear and tear. You're going to throw it in the corner. You're going to throw mm-hmm. it in the car. You're going to drop it, and they won't last long. And I tried to tell people they need to spend at least fifty, sixty bucks right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Don't buy these twenty dollar tripods. Don't uh, buy hundred percent. Don't buy a forty dollar tripod. If you're spending at least fifty, sixty dollars, you're you're probably going to be all right for you know a handful of months with that one. Right. I think that's I think that's an accurate. I I went through. You know what the worst part is though, Aunt. I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth. Mm-hmm. I went through so many cheap tripods, and <laughs> I just kept buying cheap tripods because right, I don't yeah. have the money for a good one. How many cheap tripods did I buy then, before I said, "All right, look"? <laughs> when you could have bought one and. It- done the whole thing i know i know i don't believe i don't believe in buy once cry once because i think that's just nonsense however there comes a point after you've bought your third cheap tripod (laughs) where you just go maybe i can't use cheap tripods right (laughs) right spend a little more here's a piece of advice for those like the one ethan's recommending it seems like a but i don't have it in hand ethan does he says it feels good it looks pretty much like the one i have I'm going to say again. I'm not, I'm not saying this is going to be your lifelong. But right. I think this is probably a good starting point for That's most right. people because sixty dollars is not is. a big nut. Right? Yeah, it's it not a big nut. It, it's definitely. It's, I, I will say I've owned. I've owned one hundred fifty dollar tripods. I've owned owned two hundred dollar tripods. This is worth every sixty dollar. Every That's dollar it. of the sixty dollars. There you, go. There you so. go. So yeah, if you're if you're afraid to spend money on these. I promise you, if you're buying those cheap, like Amazon Basics has a, a functional, mm-hmm. I'll call it functional. It's the yeah, only word it. I will use mm-hmm. to describe it. They have a functional tripod. It will hold your camera up it if will, you don't, if the wind isn't blowing. It will keep your camera blowing. off the floor for the if, most if part. If the wind that's isn't blowing, it. though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. It's not going to be stable. 
Um, exactly. If you what have people mirrors. don't realize is that it's not just for setting your camera and pointing it. It has to be stable. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize how important that stability is till you put your camera on a tripod and the whole thing just teeters over like Paul Bunyan chopped the middle of it. And, it just goes, <laughs> and you go, oh, there goes my camera and the lens. Nice. <laughs> and again, though, it's also it's also about like usability too, mm-hmm. just like we were saying with if you're not if you don't use it if you're not going to use it because it's uh cumbersome then you're not going to use it so and it has to be easy to adjust and all those things something else i like something else i like on this one and we mentioned it before but this you know it doesn't come with a non-standard plate on it yeah. so what i do and i know ant does yeah. this too all my cameras on the bottom no matter what when they're not on the tripod they still have one of these plates yep. on them yeah all of them i have they're so all quick. over my house. I probably have about 25 Arca Swiss plates at different mm-hmm. sizes around my house, right? Yep. They're all over the place. In fact, I bought a cage for my camcorder so I could put accessories on the cage. Mm-hmm. The cage has one of these yep. on it. Yeah, like, That's how you do it. every tripod I have has one of these heads on it. And if you're going to look to get into a head system, there's probably only two you're really going to look at. One is Manfrotto kind of has a couple different size ones, but they're generally the same head. The Mm -hmm. other one is Arca Swiss and Arca Mm -hmm. Swiss is pretty much the standard for people that can't afford Manfrotto like me. And just about every tripod that isn't made by Manfrotto has this kind of head on it. And you can buy these heads with D rings on the bottom. So you don't even need a screwdriver to tighten them up. You can buy them five packs for like 25 bucks. It's so funny. Do we, was this before we started recording that we talked about this? I think yeah. it was. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was like a game changer now because I have all Manfrotto stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, we were telling Ethan the other nice thing is if you have other head, another head system like the Manfrotto one. Right. Which is sure like I have like head, tons of those. Pretty sure this ball head comes off this tripod. Yep. It does. Yeah. Pretty sure. But so. I, I didn't know that until you got it. So, <laughs> so again, we just added more value to that sixty Exactly. There's a there's a lot of value in this. Hey Ant, there's an episode there's an episode of hands on photography. You can do um you can do an episode about tripods and heads and why well, it's since important I'm to the not buy a cheap that show, I'm gonna make that note right now. <laughs> there you go. You could send us a little shout out when you do it. We could use the, we could use your audience, man. Jeez. <laughs> I got my you. thing of the week, my thing of the week, I know people are really sick of me talking about the cricket. I know you are, and I'm sorry, but it's a, just a machine that I love. It's an ecosystem I love. I hate the company, but I love their products. And <laughs> Can the I cricket, interrupt you a second? Sure. You know, I, I've heard you talk about cricket and had no idea what it was until hearing you talk about it. <laughs> and then I find out in my house here, I have a couple creators here in my house. They've been no. using a cricket device. I don't. I'm like, where the hell did this thing come from? <laughs> what is this thing? You know, I thought that was a printer. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, another printer in the house. But what? what? Fabes is my hero. She's my hero. She's my hero. I love it. Um, I know you guys are tired of me talking about cricket. Um, but we've had some serious, like, really knowledgeable guests about this particular line on this show so i feel like there is a market for people that like this kind of stuff so mm-hmm. my pick my pick of the week there's a youtube channel the guy's name his name is michael he goes by mr crafty pants <laughs> he, he is one of the best cricket i mean he's not amy makes that 
or Country Chic Cottage, you know, the people that have been on this show, he's not at that level because we only get the best. But they're amazing, by the way. Of course they're amazing. <laughs> we don't have we don't have slackers on this show. <laughs> but Michael, except for this week. No, I'm just kidding. Michael made a video um compiling 20 different cricket hacks from TikTok. It's a 34-minute video. Now, as someone who's been using a cricket for a couple of years, who feels like every hack is one that I've seen a million times, I'm kind of tired of the hacks. Yeah. This video is awesome. There are at least 10 hacks in there that I had never seen before. Awesome. <sighs> and I was like, I one of them in particular, one of them in particular, it's a site, and I will not remember the name of it. I could probably find it if I click the link and try to scroll it while I'm talking, but that would make me sound like an idiot. So I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> there was one site that he showed that you can load this site up in Google Chrome or the new um, Microsoft Edge. On I don't know if it works on Macs. I know it works on Windows. You load up this site, and it will generate from your system a catalog of your fonts. Hmm. Oh, nice. And that blew my freaking mind. That's <laughs> nice. It literally just puts the same text. It's It basically iterates over and over the same text in all of the fonts you have installed on your system and essentially gives you a contact sheet of your fonts. And it was such an amazing thing that I've never seen before. I've that's never a, seen that's it. That's another done. efficiency thing for you. Yep, it sure is. I, I don't know how many, I don't know how many fonts you guys have on your computer. I counted the other day, I was up in the five hundreds. Yeah, I was gonna say no comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the site is called Wordmark. Uh, it's wordmark.it is the is the link. It's in his um it's in the doobly-doo for the video. So just scroll down, it's tip number eleven. It's incredible the tips that he showed on on this video. So um, it's a, it's just a really 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 good video, and I think if you're especially if you're new to cricket, it's it there's so much like it. People think it's a vinyl cutter. It does so much more than that. Oh yeah, yeah. Grab just watch this video, and you'll just be amazed. Like these are really cool tips. Every one of them is really cool. Some I knew, some I did not know. Yeah, I can't wait. All of them were all. This is a really good I'm video. A huge, I'm a huge nice. fan, as you know. Yeah. So. Uh, it, so, and let me just say how legit this dude is. He's got 411,000 subs. So he's mm. doing something right. <laughs> yeah, clearly. So, mm. uh, really, cool, really cool guy. Very perky, <laughs> very upbeat, just a positive as hell kind of guy. And it's just, he's like, he's very likable. Very, very likable. So, there you go. That's awesome. Yep. Mr. Crafty Pants. I'll have that link in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can do that. We would really appreciate it. Um, you know who else we appreciate? We appreciate the people that have already done that, and we didn't have to ask. Well, we kind of asked, but mm-hmm. just, just, I just want to point out. By the way, it is June. It was January twenty fourth as we record this. We have officially been doing um, buy me a coffee for one year, and I just want to point out that a lot of people got their renewal notices or have started to get their renewal notices Aww. and have actually renewed. That's look at that. amazing. Look at that. You guys so, are amazing. It's Seriously. absolutely fantastic. We appreciate it so much. Who do we appreciate? Well, we appreciate everybody, but we appreciate these people just a hair more because they give us money. They include <laughs> Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce, who I will be seeing this weekend. Oh, so jealous. So jealous. I am so excited. She's doing a course at um, Flux Metal Works in Ohio, and I am driving on Thursday night. I am driving to Ohio. I'm going to hang out with her Friday on my birthday, and then Saturday... I'm going to take her course and hang out with her and her friends. 
And so then, awesome. It, yeah, I'm so looking forward. To, I mean, you guys know how I fanboy over Emily mm-hmm. Joyce. And <laughs> the fact that I'm going to go stay at her house with her family just feels so like. Well, by the by the way, I mean, <laughs> this is a fourth shout out thing of the week. But her latest line, <laughs> it, if anyone, if anyone's like. Oh my god! I don't even know if any if her stuff is still available. I but don't think much of it is. It I is, was, but so here's oh the funny god. thing. So I was going crazy all day yesterday, mm-hmm. um, particularly cleaning out the backyard for the the new buyers. It's a whole thing that's been going on, just trying to sell this stupid house. And I was out. I was out shopping. Came home, then went straight to the backyard. By the time I got back in, I was like, "Oh, I got to post about Emily's." Emily's sale. Nope. Didn't need to. It was gone. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was yeah. gone. It's like, all it's, right. It's amazing. Her work is incredible. She's, she's phenomenal. And yeah. I said, and I've said it a million times, I've said it and I'll say it again. And I'm not just saying this because I'm staying at her house. <laughs> she is, she is my favorite artist and she yeah, will she's, always she's be amazing. my favorite yeah, artist. She's amazing. Um, also, sorry, Ed, you had to follow that up, but Ed from Ed's Clocks and more Rory from RLO Woodworks and DIY. Chris, of course, from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, aka a weird guy who is not Groot, Debbie Haddock, Gary Hyduke, Joey from Jade's Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano from Native Sun Wood Art, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Daddy Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, Tony Langer from Langer Works, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from Make with Jake. Uh, make with Why can't I say this? Jake from Make with Jake, who was also a guest host last week, and I really appreciate that. Um, Big Al Schultz, my buddy from New York Woodworks, who checked in on me today because I was basically incognito for five days. Um, Justin Ofler, Bear Naked, Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks, Adam Mackey, Maker Mackey, and the Clamp Podcast, Kim and Garrett, Andrew Richard from Andrew Richard Makes, Kellen Hazlip from Kellen Makes, David from Southern Style DIY, who's still not following me on Instagram. No, I'm not bitter about that. Jeff from The Weekend <laughs> DIYer, Sean Walworth from The Proper Tools Podcast, Chris Rayleigh of Route 9 Signs, Henry Davis from HT1 Metalworks, and of course, Austin Saunders, the high caliber craftsman. If you guys um, would like to support the show, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com. If you can't support the show financially, that's totally cool. Feel free to leave a review, share the show, turn someone new on to it. Anything you can do to help get us into more ear holes, we really appreciate that. Can I shout out two of your buy me a coffee folks? Of no, course. Absolutely I, not. I would love it if you did. I know who one, I know who one I'm going to write down who one of them is. Not that anyone can see it, but okay, go ahead. Okay, well, first, I want to shout out uh, Mr. Bear Make It. Uh, I wrote Justin. that one down. I wrote it down before you said it. That He's, dude, he is yeah. so funny, and it's it's funny to see him on Twitter and his video where he was heating up a daggum burrito in a cricket. <laughs> uh, it, hilarious. And yeah. that, was that last year he did that? Yep. That video is still uh, in my head. Wow. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> then the, the other guy, a weird guy, was it Jeff, Jeff. Stein? Mm-hmm. Yep. Jeff. Jeff Stein. Nothing against your other guests because I did enjoy Call Me Maybe. I did enjoy Miss Brandon mm-hmm. Bay, but his his episode was is probably my favorite one. I Aww. remember I remember exactly where I was when I was listening to that episode. That's awesome! Oh, wow, it was it was it was strong, and and I just love his matter of fact. Yeah, what you see what you get approach to stuff, and it. it it, it just totally resonated with me. And I remember listening to it. And I think I texted you that night. <laughs> after I think you did. I think you did. Yeah. Both of those people are two of my favorite people. Yeah. They're awesome. So, yeah. so I just want to give them a shout out. Good. 
Yeah, that's great shout-outs. Jeff is, Jeff is legit. I feel like I don't understand why we understand each other so well. <laughs> but there are, there are times where he and I will have a conversation, and it's like everything unspoken might as well have been spoken. Like, we just <laughs> understand each other on that level, and it's yeah. awesome. I don't have a lot of people in my life like that, yeah. and Jeff is one of those people. Jeff gets me in a way mm-hmm. that very few people get me. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, oh, good, you're insane too. Yeah, awesome. say, which is scary. <laughs> no, no. I mean, look, I mean, Ant, you've known me forever. Yes. It's, it's, it, it, it's not wrong to say you'd have to be insane to be on the same level as me. I mean, it's just the way it works. You'd have to be even more insane to be a co-host on a podcast with me. Oh, man, bless his heart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> damn, damn looney tunes i tell you <laughs> also if you have a second and you'd like to buy something for someone special or yourself i don't judge i'm just spending a lot of time not judging tonight and telling people i'm not judging but um feel free to head over to because we make.com slash listener shops if you um, want to pick something up for someone special or yourself and if you have a shop and you're not already listed there i mean we don't charge to do this we're doing this as a service to you guys so if you have a shop and you'd like to be listed on that page, hit us through the contact form. Let us know. We'll get a listing up there for you so people can find your stuff and buy your stuff. Because I have it on good authority that people have made sales from being listed on this page. Ooh, it would be awesome. absolutely nuts of you if you have something to sell to not put it on that page. Or at least let us know that you sell stuff that you'd like to be listed there. So get on that. Make some money, people. That's what we're all about. We're talking about safety nets earlier. Build up your safety net. Let's That's go. Right. You only get one shot at this. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And it has been an absolute yeah, joy thanks, talking Aunt. to you, buddy. Oh, it's so much fun. I I still can't believe it's been as long as it's been. I mean, obviously, we, we chat. I mean, it's yeah. not like we haven't spoken, but we haven't had you on in way too long. You know, we keep having Dave on every 25 minutes. I, I feel like we got to figure out another, another <laughs> milestone to get Ant on every time. I, well, I, see. And I, the thing is, I remember that conversation. I remember mm-hmm. that podcast and how all of this was just sort of born out of that. It was a, it was a really fun night on the mics was, with you guys. That was one of the most, I, I, I feel like that was a turning point in my life that, that episode of that podcast because I hadn't done any kind of podcasting. Um, we did that in 2019, right? Yeah, it was 2019 we did that. I hadn't done any kind of podcasting. I mean, I did, Chris and I came back with um, Is Horrible. We did that for about a year and a half. But before that, it was like six, seven, eight years before we did a podcast again. And it was like, mm-hmm. I just was burnt out. The idea of doing a podcast was just like, I don't want to do a podcast. But That's Dave, the conversation I remember. You was like, man, I did that for so long. I'm done. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. I, and it was like people, you know, I t- always tell people like how successful we were at doing it. And I don't know that anyone actually believes us. And that's fine. You don't have to believe it. We believe it because we saw the numbers. But the crazy thing is like, looking back at that conversation that you, me and Dave just randomly had on Twitter and what came of that conversation. Like, I mean, I know I talk about how much I owe Dave and how important he was to the founding of this show, but bro, I mean, if I didn't know you and I didn't get introduced to Dave through you, Mm -hmm. this show wouldn't exist. So, you know, as much as I give Dave credit, I owe you a lot of credit for it too. I mean, me and you have been friends a long time mm-hmm. and this podcast is a product of our friendship and I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you and 
you know, I love you like a brother, man. Oh, I, I really know. Do. And, and I love you too, man. And, and the thing is, I tell people about your show. And the best way I can describe it is I'll say, hey, I'm not a maker. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't know a band song from a butt joint or whatever. I, that, I'm not. Makers don't either, to be honest. Oh, you know? my God. That, can that be the name of the you know? <laughs> Band saws and butt joints. Band Damn it. That would, I don't know joints. a band saw from a butt joint. Tap and die. And all, and I, I have no idea when y'all get into all this stuff. I have no idea what yeah. you're talking about. But you have some really captivating conversations each and every week on here. And and I'm going to keep listening and I'm going to keep spreading the word. So I'm glad you're doing this because it's, it's, it's good listening, man. And you don't have to be a maker. You know, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I mean, so much. I think what made this, I think what made this so much fun for me was that, you know, this isn't the stuff that I used to podcast about. Right. <laughs> As you know, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> nobody's having strokes on this episode. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been one of the, uh, you know, even on, even on days where I hate the idea of doing it the most, it's still one of the things I enjoy doing the most and the, the fruits of our labor and, you know, the work that we put in and seeing, you know, seeing our names pop up and, you know, bumping into, like, I always talk about it, but, you know, when I bumped into Jimmy for the first time and he knew who I was and he knew about the podcast and he knew about me and Ethan. And it's yeah. like, how does someone at that level even know I exist? Well, they know I exist because I've been putting in the work doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, wow, okay. I didn't realize I always wanted to be a content creator. I didn't realize I was always making content that just wasn't right. a YouTube video. It was a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Next week, everybody, is going to be a big week for this podcast. Because <laughs> Ant's going to be pre- yeah, recording gonna by be himself. Listening. He's going to be listening. <laughs> He's going to be listening. <laughs> but you're, I mean, you're pretty, you're probably, if you're, if you're in the inner circle, you already know what I'm hinting at. Um, mm. <laughs> I don't want to just end the episode just giggling and laughing, but I really hope this comes off because I'm very excited about the possibilities it presents. And until then, have a great week, everybody. Um, somebody will be here next week. I don't know who, but somebody will be here next week. Hey, You'll have to tune in to find me, out how. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye.